episode 277 of Mitch Unfiltered, and he's back. Yes. Are you back from Birmingham, Alabama? <laughs> you have to say it that way. But you do. Birmingham? I had I said it that way the whole time. Did you? Oh, yeah. You have to, right? Are you back from Las Vegas, Nevada? Where are you back from? I am back from Las Vegas, Nevada. I saw your tweets, like... With stuff in the background, like <laughs> yeah. Alabama Crimson Tide. I'm not sure that I understood. See, your your humor, your comedy. Yeah. I think I go to your stand-up, and I'd sit there the whole time and not laugh, not because I thought you were unfunny. Yeah. I don't know that I would get your humor. I don't- so the joke was that everyone who left UW to go join Alabama was like, yes. I want to thank my UW family. I had a great time here. Right. And I said, I've been hired as the moonshine consultant for the team. Oh, I see. Just like everyone else did. Okay. But then I, weirdly enough, like a few hours later, I was in Denver looking at Elway's restaurant in the airport. Like, <laughs> I went from Kalen DeBoer's home state now to Russell Wilson's home state. Did you like, talk to anybody hell? in Birmingham about Kalen DeBoer? Or no. Did anybody want to talk to you? It's a bunch of car dorks, so no. They, no. Don't, they don't really watch sports. No. They're no. really into cars. So nobody knows. No one gives a shit. No. At least that I talked to. Did yeah. you enjoy Birmingham, Alabama? Weirdly, I did. I thought it was a pretty cool little oh, town. Had you ever been there before? No, you have though, right? Yeah, I have. I mean, it, I've played golf in Birmingham, Alabama. I stayed on a golf course. But I can't remember Ross Bridge, something yeah, or other. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I don't know. It yeah. just looked like a big suburb. It didn't look. And I even said to a guy who was there, he's from Biloxi, Mississippi. You have to say it that way. Yeah. I said, "Where are the banjo playing guys on the porch? That's what I want to go see. Let's let's go track them down." He goes, "Oh, you, you got to get further outside of Birmingham for that." <laughs> So Birmingham's like a metropolis for them. So I played golf, and I don't know if this will be funny to anybody, but I played golf at a fancy schmancy club in Birmingham, Alabama, about eight or ten years ago named Shoal Creek. Okay. Shoal Creek Golf Club. And that was at Ross Bridge. They could combine and have the bridge over the creek. Yes, it's they perfect. could. Yes, they could. It's Ross Bridge. If so- Shoal Creek allowed anybody near their golf course. Oh, oh yeah. Like the members of Shoal Creek, hot shot are like also members of a place called Augusta National. I mean, this oh, this gotcha. is a fancy schmancy golf club that's hosted major championships. And we are the guests when I played 10 years ago. We're the guests of a guy who's a CEO of a company and he's also a member of Augusta. So I'm minding my P's and Q's. I'm watching what I say. You? I don't want to curse if I... And he's in my group, obviously. And we get to the first hole. I'll never forget this. I hit the ball a little right on my first shot into the right rough. It's a par four. And I've got like 150, 160, 170, and I can't remember the details. But I'm playing with the host, with the CEO, with the member of Shoal Creek, the fancy schmancy member, and he's a member of Augusta. Is he good? I mean, is he? He's good. Yeah, he's good. And so I get to my ball in the right rough, and there's trees along the right rough and whatever, (laughs) and he's standing like right next to me or 10 paces away. Probably felt like down your neck. And I hit my second shot, and it hits a tree square on and almost hits him coming oh, back. God, of course it does. <laughs> it ends up five yards behind right. where I started. I am now further away. This is the first hole of oh, fancy schmancy Shoal Creek. You got 17 more and to I, go of and this I'm like, crap. I'm like, is he, what is he thinking? <laughs> right, right. So yeah. I, I make, you talk about the walk of shame. Having to go backwards after your golf shot, that's a walk of shame. For those don't, that don't play, you want to go towards the hole, I'm Why guessing, right? Okay. I made the next shot. Really? Right in. You hold it out. Right from like 175. <laughs> so weird. For Bernie. <laughs> no The way. guy's like, I think that went in. <laughs> Who is this guy? He's hitting yeah. trees. He almost got me killed yeah. to the next shot. 
I made it from 175. <laughs> you just got hustled. <laughs> He's like, okay, is this guy terrible? Right, which is Or is it? this guy good? Which is, which is it? I leaned towards terrible that day, but yeah. I happened to make that shot. Amazing. Like, it's like one of the greatest shots I've ever hit in my life. Uh, clearly you In my life. I've never it. seen this in my life. In your life. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's my... So you liked Birmingham, I Alabama. Did. I thought it was a cool little town. Yeah, and how long were you there? I got in Sunday and flew out Wednesday. You went Super Bowl Sunday. I did, You've yes. missed two shows. Yes. People are like, where the hell is Hotshot? Has he quit too now? People are all... all... That can't be true. No, no one no, gives a Nobody shit. cares. <laughs> nobody noticed. Nobody listened. I just saw that Graz bought a Lamborghini with the money that would have been mine that you paid him he to be... He didn't even... He wasn't even a... Oh, he wasn't? <laughs> oh, wasn't even on the show. Oh, it was Slickhawk and Danny, right? Yes, it was. There you go. See, I listen. So did you go straight to Las Vegas, Nevada, or did you come home and then take your oh. daughter to Las Vegas? Is that a softball, basketball, what? So I got in Wednesday from Alabama kind of late. I had right. Thursday off, luckily which is just spent doing expenses and laundry and all that shit. Yeah. We fly out Friday for Vegas. We come back Monday. Jesus. Long week. I know. It was a You're whirlwind. Good. I didn't really want to. Softball wanna... tournament? Basketball Softball tournament. tournament. Okay. And you won't believe me when I tell you what time. The games were on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I won't. S Saturday, 8 a.m. game. Are you I, fucking kidding I me? I believe that. 8 a.m. though? Yeah, of course. Why not? But that means at the field at 6.45. You're at the tables at 5.30 yeah. in the morning. I saw people coming to bed <laughs> when I was going down to get the fucking car. <laughs> I was so jealous. Loud, drunk people having fun walking to the elevators to call it a night at 5.30. Yeah. So 8 a.m. game Saturday, 8 a.m. Yeah. game Sunday, 8 a.m. So I set Jeez. my alarm for 5-something the whole time I was Do in Vegas. Do you stay at a at a property that I would recognize? Or oh. are you at the Motel 6? Are you on the Strip? Are you in, like, Henderson? Where, where are where are you? In what's what's in between the Venetian and the Motel, and Motel 6? We're, we're, we're somewhere in between there. The Hard Rock? I don't know. I think that's gone, actually. I didn't, I didn't I see it. I think there's a new one coming again. Yeah. But so this was called South Point Casino. Not familiar. For a reason. <laughs> <laughs> It was fine. It's it's any insects. It's old. Well, I did see. Was it just you and her? Is your wife uh, there? The wife made it on this one. Okay. Yeah, she didn't go to San Diego. I think she, okay. you know she's got a bad case of fear. You know, fear of missing out. Okay. So she had to come with this one. But okay. Um, it's called South Point. It's it's never he heard of it. Heaven's Waiting Room. You know, that's kind of who they cater really? to. The little really? older crowd. Really. But if if you know the you know the I'm gonna pass. You know the commercial like that, that waiting room. Or you know the channel in the hotel room that tells you all about the casino. Every casino has one, you know. Yeah. Welcome to South Point. If you want the spot, you know the whole Yeah. They got these gorgeous models coming out of the pool and eating dinner. It's like <laughs> that lady ain't staying there. <laughs> if you paid her to stay there. But anyway, it was fine. Thank God it wasn't too big because in the morning you gotta go get the car, which is God knows where in the parking lot, and you yeah. got to bring it around yeah. and get Starbucks yeah. and the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. So anyway, it was three early they mornings. Do? They started out four and zero. Oh, beat the shit out of everyone, and went, really went zero and two on Monday to be done. Okay. Yeah. So we went four and two. I got yeah. fifth How'd overall. How'd she do? She did okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's playing what first base? What's no, she, playing she plays days? catcher and catcher? outfield. Okay. Yeah. All right. She and did then, all right. She had fun. Yeah, she had fun. Yeah. Uh, it was, she celebrated her birthday on Friday, so her team. You do any wagering? Did you do any gambling? I don't really. What, I'm, what, what are you? Are I'm kind of uh, retired. Retired. What were you? Uh, roulette. Really? I love roulette. Not blackjack. Not craps. Roulette. I like blackjack. I just I don't have it in me to sit there and grind it out for five hours like I used to. Do you play numbers on the on the yeah. roulette? Do you play colors? No, How do you I, do it? I have the same. A little system. Yeah. You got a little. I do. checker the board and I'll in the corners. No, no, no. I, I kind of want to show you the way they <laughs> land on the because. No matter where the ball lands, you're never more than a space away from one of my 10 numbers. So you always win. Yes, that's right. Always. 
So no, why I, did you retire? So so I play four straight up at 35 to one, and then I play the alley of four through nine. So $1 covers six, yeah. and you get your money back if one of those hits, right? Right, right. You get like it's yeah. five to one. Which or numbers do you play? So four through nine on the alley, and then I play 10, 13, 14, 15 straight up. Why? I told you, they're evenly spread out around the wheel. Oh, I see. Like if you look, they're literally evenly, all 10 are evenly spread out. No matter where the ball lands, you're never more than one space from your number. So you at least wow, have a chance. A, have you written a book about this? <laughs> I told you. I said, Maybe I'm we tired. should have you on as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, joining us on Mitch Unfiltered is... So we were waiting Roulette for star. We were, we were waiting for dinner with another family at the sushi place, and I was like, yeah. well, "I'm gonna sneak out." And I okay. grabbed a hundred bucks and yeah. sat down at the roulette table. And how'd you do? Not great at first, but I hit a couple alleys, and I, I felt like I was starting to, you know, catch and on. And then I get the fucking text: "Hey, we got tables ready." Shit. And we're with another family. I don't want to be a dick and show up two hours late. You know? So I cashed out, and went, I feel like that was my moment. You though. cashed out ahead, like the same money, same like maybe five less. And that's the last time you played. Yeah, and then uh, I did play a little blackjack, and then a woman stayed on a on a four, a soft a soft fourteen, a four, you know, an ace and a three. She stayed on that, so I was like, I gotta go. So I just <laughs> I just lost I just lost it all and left. It's an ace and a three, and she says stay. Like what the hell? So anyway, my gambling wasn't great down there, no, but it was it was fun. Okay, it was fun to come all out right. of retirement for a little bit. All right, I want to ask you about In and Out Burger. Can I sure. ask you about that? Which I ate at. In Vegas? Yes. There's In-N-Out Burgers in Vegas. Oh, you betcha. Oh, okay. Fat Burger, In-N-Out First, burger. let me tell people, if you're new to Mitch Unfiltered, welcome. This is Mitch Unfiltered. <laughs> Our show can be found on all major podcast platforms, of course, like Apple and Spotify. Please subscribe, rate, and review us. Tell a few friends. One long-form show per week that's free with guests. That's what you're listening to right now. But we also do a handful of shorter shows throughout the week, like the Peace Show with Danny O'Neill and the Shooting the Shit with Slick. And we're going to have the Mariners No Table once the season starts. And we've got the, the Kraken No Table once we get to the postseason, hopefully, for the, uh, for the Kraken. Become a patron and get all those shorter shows for just $5 a month at MitchUnfiltered.com. All you got to do is click on the Become a Patron link. It'll mm -hmm. take you, and it'll cost you 5 bucks a month. And if the $5 is too much for you or problematic, just write me, Mitch at MitchUnfiltered.com, and I'll take care of you. Now, before we get to the guests, mm -hmm. I don't fully understand. I shouldn't say fully. I don't understand the In-N-Out Burger phenomenon. Mm. Everybody seems to love In-N-Out Burger. Even the celebrities... We had Paul Giamatti after he won the Golden Globe. Mm -hmm. Last week, we had Tiger Woods at his tournament eating double-doubles or whatever oh, they're sure, called. Yeah. I have gone to an In-N-Out Burger one time in my life, and I believe the one In-N-Out Burger that I've ever been to to eat recently closed. It was the one that's in Oakland near where the Golden State Warriors used to play because I was down there with my oldest son and we were looking at University of California, Berkeley. We're looking at Stanford and we were driving up and down. We decided to go to a Golden State Warriors preseason basketball game. Mm -hmm. And he said, Dad, there's an In-N-Out burger right across the street from the arena. So we went. That was my first In-N-Out experience. Okay. I don't know that I understood the phenomena then. Okay. Like I do now. I mean, I, I I don't know that I acknowledged it then. We went in. I remember enjoying it. I don't remember like being, oh my God, yeah. this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Right. But ever since I've been there, I have noticed the world revolves around the In-N-Out Burger phenomena. So when maybe you, you can help me 
understand this. I, I don't know that I can, but when you said that one's closed, I'm thinking, how the hell does it in and out? Who I, runs that into the ground? I think. But it's Oakland, so everything. I think I just read an article recently. Now, maybe it's not the one that I was at, but it's it, if it's wow. not the one that it's close by, I read an article that there was some gang related, like it was in a bad part of town. Yeah, and If sports franchises it, are running for the hills, then Yeah, it wasn't that it was closed. doing poorly, but there was crime okay. there. Yeah, yeah. We were lucky to get out alive, the two of us. <laughs> we're the right. two, you know, the two yeah. guys like walking in, like Mr. Magoo, <laughs> have no idea, or walking in the middle of a that's, gang. That's right. To yeah. have an in and out burger. Yeah. I remember, here's what I remember, because I think it was because of the basketball game, but maybe not. It was incredibly busy. We were in a huge Always. long line. Yep. If you told me to recall how good the and I'm sure I had a burger, a double burger, whatever. Yeah. I don't remember like going, oh my god, this is like nothing I've ever had before. Yeah, and that's the way people talk about it. I got to go to an In-N-Out Burger when I'm in California. Always, they love it. People love saying that. I know. I don't know that I fully understand it either. Okay. I will say though, as far yeah. as fast food goes, yes, uh, they don't use frozen meat, which is pretty impressive. Okay, a little fresher. Okay, they, you actually slice their own potatoes for the French fries, or they have okay. you know, they make their own potato. So I think the freshness part people like. I think it's always And I can tell when I when I bite into one you should be versus able to, yeah. like a Big Mac or a quarter pounder with cheese. Depends on the palate you got there. But I think yes, you should be able to tell that it's a little mm. fresher. It and no matter how long the line is, it feels like they got it down pretty quickly. Yeah. Like it kind of moves. So the long A lines, lot of places move though. Yeah, Chick-fil-A moves pretty quickly yeah, too. Yeah. That another one I don't completely understand. Yeah, but. Lines around the street. Yeah, I know. Security people in the middle of the street, like <laughs> right, directing right. traffic. Breaded chicken sandwiches. What? what, what, like, what? I, I don't really get it either, but I, I think once something catches on, it feels like a fad and that it, it's kind of a cool thing to, especially from those from Washington State where we live, because there aren't any up here. That's right. So you have And to, it's all owned by the the company. These are not franchises, right? I'm pretty sure it's, it's one all family. One family. Yeah. They own them all. And from what I hear, they they pay well. They treat their employees okay. well. Okay. So another good reason to support. Does that them. make the the burger no, taste better? It sure doesn't. So maybe somebody who's listening to Mitch Unfiltered right now, yeah, who swears by In and Out Burger, might write me at Mitch at MitchUnfiltered.com, and I could maybe read a couple of them to you next week. Now our version of that in Washington is Dick's Burgers. People from out of town go uh, eat that's dicks. Another one. I, I've and been they there. go, ah, I don't get it's it. It's okay. Yeah. I've been there now several times. Of course, yeah. A lot yeah. more than in an out burger, but not many. Maybe I've been to a dick's five times since I've been here in 35, 30 years. Yeah. Again? Right. Okay. I yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Once people get something in their head. What am just, I missing? Yeah. Man, it just take It's look, almost like it's in the in and out burger thing that it's theater of the mind. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. That like somebody decided to spread it. Celebrities started going there. We see Paul Giamatti with his Golden Globe statue on the, literally on the table while he's eating a double double. Yeah. He's in his tuxedo. <laughs> yeah. And so we've all decided somewhere along the line that In N Out Burger is like nothing else. I'll give you another example. Like one of the guys that we have on this show, do you remember David Sampson? He's one of the guests. He's actually guest number one on this episode 277. Do you remember David Sampson? Sounds familiar. He's been on the show before. He is the former president of the Florida Marlins baseball team. Oh, yeah. Remember, he's really outspoken. Was it contra- he's kind of controversial. Controversial. Yeah, I totally he was remember. on Survivor. Somehow he made it onto that show Survivor. <laughs> yeah. He's got his own podcast. He's been on That's our right. show a couple of times. He's going to tell a great story about Ichiro. He blasted the Mariners organization when they when they signed Ichiro to the extension. After Ichiro came over from Japan and he made a, he made a splash yeah. a couple of years later, the Mariners signed him to this huge extension, and David Sampson 
from Miami while he was the Florida Marlins president blasted the Mariners. How can you pay a guy like that mm. who doesn't hit the ball out of the ballpark? How can you pay a guy like that so much money? Yeah. And Bill Bavese was like famous. He was the GM. He was famous for saying when somebody asked him about what David Sampson of the Marlins said about your signing of Ichiro Bavese, who was the Mariners GM at the time, said something like, my mother always taught me that if you don't have something nicer to say than fuck David Sampson, <laughs> say nothing at all. So I'm going to say nothing at all. Wow. He said something like that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it. I didn't see that coming that way. <laughs> David Sampson's on this show. Okay. And we recorded it before he said he's flying out to California. So we have to record it early in the week. So okay. we recorded it early in the week. It's actually a really good interview. You like it. The next day, I'm looking at his Twitter and he's got a picture outside of an In-N-Out burger. It's like something very special is about to happen. Yeah. I know. Piper, like, we have to go. We have to go to In-N-Out. Our teammates, the whole thing. Like, you got to go. So you went. We went. Yeah, sure. In Nevada. In Nevada. Yep. And? It's what did you as, have? So I get, so it's one place that we'll do without bun. I'm trying to, you know, always trying to kind of watch my weight a little bit. <laughs> it's not working. Um, so I get. Maybe stay out of In-N-Out burger altogether. Well, Let's go to In-N-Out Burger. When I lost 60 pounds, that wasn't the reason that... It wasn't because of hamburgers. It was because of the grains and the sugar. Anyway, so I get it. uh, It's called protein style. They lettuce wrap it. Okay. So I get two double-doubles lettuce wrapped. Two double-doubles? Yeah, but I stay away from the fries. Is that like a quadruple-quadruple? Yeah. Two double-doubles? Probably a pound of meat if I'm doing... Holy shit. Are they quarter pounder? No, they're not quarter pounder. I don't know either. Yeah, so I get two double-doubles. It's called protein style and animal style. French fries? No, I stay away from those. So just the, the two burgers. And a drink? Uh, I take a hit off Piper's. <laughs> I can't commit to a whole drink. What am I? Made of money? <laughs> it's not one of these places where you go refill yourself. I take a hit before she refills it. I don't want to be that guy. you know, The, the fat ass going in for yet another hit of soda. So? It's as, it's as good as it always is. I always enjoy like, is it. Is it incredible? But I don't find myself craving it every day. No. It's good. It's fine. It's a good you, fast food burger. Does it taste better than other fast food burgers to you? But I grew up on McDonald's, so I still love McDonald's. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I guess it's probably okay. a little better, but it doesn't right. blow me out of the water. Like, if if I couldn't go for five years, I wouldn't cry myself to sleep every night. But when I go, I enjoy it. I don't mm-hmm. know. It doesn't blow me away. It's fine. Guests on this episode 277, the return of David Sampson, as I pointed out, and we'll tell the story <laughs> about when he... By the way, you know what the P.S. to that story of David Sampson saying, what are they doing with Ichiro? Hmm. And then Bill Vasey firing back. Do you know what the P.S. to that story is? Hmm. Where did Ichiro sign many years later? Oh, that's right. David Sampson <laughs> signed him. Yeah, after all And that. became buddies with him. And he's going to say on the interview on this show, he's going to say, I've told Ichiro that when he goes into the Hall of Fame next year, I will be there. Wow. I will be in Cooperstown. Ripping Bavesi for a Hall of Fame signing. <laughs> nice one <laughs> Peter King is guest number two oh, one great. of the top NFL national writers he's going to tell us what he thinks of the new Seahawks regime all the new coaches and what's yeah. going to happen with Geno Smith and then guest number three a listener from Pittsburgh Pennsylvania yeah we have listeners in Pittsburgh wow. Pennsylvania a listener in Pittsburgh Pennsylvania reached out to me and told me that his nephew plays on a high school basketball team that was involved in a very nice moment and it's been written about in pittsburgh a little bit around the country but just it's a pittsburgh story he said you want to look into this i looked into it and i love the story i don't want to give too much of it away except to say that there were two high school basketball teams playing in the final regular season game of the year 
There was one kid on one team who had 998 career points. And I guess 1,000 is a big thing. Sure. If you have 1,000 in your career. Yeah. There was a kid on the other team who had 998 points. Wow. Both of them had 998 with 20 seconds to go in the game. And what happens over those last 20 seconds is the story and the reason I asked one of the coaches to come on the show. I love it. So Ben O'Connor is the head basketball coach of West Allegheny High School in the Pittsburgh area. And I'm going to say no more than he's going to come on the show, you're going to listen to him, and he's going to tell you what happened over the last 20 seconds as they tried to get both guys the 1,000 points in the final game of the season. Love it. David Sampson, guest number one. Peter King, guest number two. Ben O'Connor, guest number three. So Hot Shot is back, and we're about to begin episode 277 officially. But first, Evergreen Golf Call, tax advisors, certified financial planners, experienced portfolio managers working together to bring retirement planning taxes and investments under one roof, evergreengk.com, more than just a financial advisor, Evergreen is everything wealth. Daniels Broiler and the 13th annual Bourbon Bash this weekend on Saturday in Bellevue at the Great Bellevue location. Danielsbroiler.com for reservations if it's not sold out. Special occasions, no place better. Daniels Broiler world-class steakhouses. John Waterstrat Fireside Home Solutions, the remodeled flagship showroom in Bellevue, and now Fireside stretches all the way across the state to eastern Washington, whether it's gas or wood-burning fireplaces or garage doors. You love them. FiresideHomeSolutions.com. Begin your search right there. Zeke's Pizza loves the Seattle Kraken, and we're getting ready for the home stretch. Try to get these guys back into the NHL playoffs. Don't forget... The Belltown Zeke's location with pre- and post-game celebrations if you're going to see Kraken Games, homegrown in the Northwest, Zeke's Pizza. The Woodenville Office of Cross Country Mortgage and Jordan Flowers team. You got the mortgage rates becoming more palatable now. The Northwest market is percolating. Creative solutions with Jordan Flowers and his team. Just call him directly, 425 890 2957. This is episode 277 of Mitch Unfiltered, and it begins right now. Unfiltered. Why do we have to do this, Mitch? He said, No, I said, We have to do this. Unfiltered. Kids got alligator blood hanging around, (laughs) hanging around. Chick, chick, chick. Mitch is unfiltered. And the guy at the counter said, yeah, we're only taking bets on that one here because we're getting hammered on the over for some reason on Brock Purdy rushing yards on that particular proposition. <laughs> Episode 277 is underway, Hotshot Scott. Yes. Richard Sherman. We're going there out of the gate. Right out of, well... Is it really out of the gate? We're 20 minutes in. Oh, we are. Okay. We're 20 minutes inside the gate. On this segment out of the gate. I think as we record this, I can't tell you this for sure. Maybe you know better than I do. I think as we record this on a Sunday night, he is still in a King County jail after being arrested again for DUI. He was arrested, what, in 2021? The court proceedings dragged into 2022. Mm -hmm. So on... 
late, what, Friday night, Saturday morning, right here on a stretch of 405 that I'm on all the time, yeah. right here near the VMAC, I think near that 44th Street exit off yep. of 405 near the VMAC, he was pulled over for going 79 miles an hour in a 60-mile-an-hour zone. The police approached the car, asked him if he's been drinking. He said he's had a couple of margaritas. Two margaritas, yes. Everyone says two. Two? Everyone says two. Everyone says two. Yep. Refused a breathalyzer, which is his right to do. He agreed to voluntary tests. I don't know if it's, that's getting out of the car and doing these, these tests outside the car on the side of the road. Troopers said they observed signs that he was under the influence and arrested him. Took him to jail where mm -hmm. he remains until a Monday morning court appearance. 79 and a 60 when you've been 79 drinking. 79 and a 60 when you've been drinking. Oh, my God. Just ask him for trouble. No, no. 79 and a 60 when you've been drinking and you've had prior right. infractions, yeah. shall we call them. Right. On probation, right? People He's on Twitter, social media. We're talking yeah. about Seattle Seahawks fans. I can't speak for everyone. They're at wit's end with Richard Sherman. They have written Richard, for the most part, I've tried, I don't know to defend him is not the right word, but I've tried to introduce a little empathy and people have gotten on me because I would have the nerve to even right. bring up empathy at a time like this. It, it feels like that the consensus is that the dude now is putting people at risk. This is the second time which means it happens more than we know. Right. He gets into a car. He drives intoxicated, putting other people's lives at risk on the road around him. Why doesn't he get a driver? He's got all kinds of money. He's on the pregame show of the Amazon thing now. He's got money from his playing days. Hire a driver. There's no empathy. At least that's what it feels like on social media. Yeah. Where are you on this? Yeah, my my after seeing the way he reacted, and it was at his father-in-law's house or whoever's house it, it was, was in Redmond. It was on that was on five twenty, as I recall, going east towards Redmond, where yes. he's yanking on the door and yes. he just looks like he's yes. just seeing red. Yes, like my head kind of went to. I wonder if he has some sort of CTE or or some kind of mental health issues that he's not sorting now out. Now you're talking about on that one or how, that's, on this one. That's when it first hit me. Yeah, you know that maybe there's something there. Going so on? Yeah. when I hear this. I don't excuse it, but I still think maybe he just needs help. He's just not getting the help that he needs. Or maybe he was just being a careless jackass who got in a car drunk. I don't know. Part of me thinks there's something going on and he, he needs help and he's he's masking it. He's he's performing doctor on himself, you know, by having drink right. probably too many drinks. Right. He's right. trying to mask something. That's can where you, my head goes. So it's hard for me to kill the guy. Can you feel sorry for him? When I brought up the term empathy and people jumped all over me, yeah. my reaction on Twitter was, wait a second, can't I find his decision-making and his actions repulsive and be very angry and very disappointed in him and hope that he has to face the letter of the law and at the same time feel sorry for maybe some things that are going on, as you say, CTE, we know... Yeah. We know so many NFL football players for, are struggling. Yep. They're taking their own lives. Yep. There could be a lot of shit going on. I don't know if there is, there isn't. Can I feel outraged and anger and empathy at the same time or no? 20 years ago, you Does could've. it have to be one or the other? No, nowadays it has to be one or the other. Oh, it has to be one or oh, the other. Oh, yeah. You don't know that. You have to pick no. a side and fight to the death with the person on the other side. That's it. Yeah, there, there's no having. There's know, no gray area. No. Those Black days are over. Those days are That's over. That's right. You're weak if you think there's gray area. Yeah. No, but I'm with you. Like, I feel sorry for him. I wish this wouldn't have happened. 
I don't agree with his decision making. I don't agree not. with him not getting the help that he potentially needs. Obviously not. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. Like it's okay to feel both. I don't want this to happen to anybody or Richard Sherman or anyone. And if he is struggling, if he is in pain, then yeah, that bums me out. Yeah. Really makes me sad that he's going through some stuff. So we'll kind of have to wait and see. Does he lose his job uh. on TV? He's got a pretty, I think a pretty big job, a couple of jobs on TV. I don't know. He does the Amazon thing on Thursday nights. Yeah. That seems like a pretty big gig. Well, he's like a natural talker. Like he should be he is. talking about football and giving his opinions. And the funny part about all this is I've been thrust into this, oh, Mitch, you're just defending Richard Sherman. I've never particularly liked Richard Sherman. Yeah. Even when he played here and he was doing all kinds of incredible Hall of Fame-ish type of performances yeah. for the Seahawks, there was a personality about him that I didn't like. I didn't like the crab tree explosion. Mm -hmm. I certainly hated all the things that happened later in his term here with the explosion on the sidelines with the coaching staff. And there was the Jim Moore thing. I'll have you, I'll have your media credential revoked. Yeah. And there was just a lot of nonsense, a lot of stuff. The Skip Bayless, I'm, I'm better at life than I'm you. I'm better at life. That made me cringe. Well, I hated that. I, I think, I think kind of from the beginning, I hate to say it, but from the beginning when he was a superstar revelation for the Seahawks, I obviously love that part of it. I was always a little uncomfortable with the personality yeah. that came along with it. Yep. Even when people found him to be funny and excited, the people who have empathy will bring up on, on Twitter, what about Marshawn Lynch? Marshawn Lynch has gotten a few DUIs. Yeah. I think the last time was in Las Vegas. Yanked out of a car. Yanked out of a yeah. car. The car was all beaten up. He's asleep on the side of the road. Why do we have tolerance for that? It seems like we are willing to look the other way with certain guys like Marshawn Lynch. But in this case, we cannot feel sorry for Richard Sherman. I don't know. How do you weigh one versus right. the other? Yeah. yeah, maybe it has to do with the way Richard acted when he was here. Maybe. Yeah, that, that whole outburst with Aaron Andrews, that just made me so uncomfortable. It felt like pro wrestling. People liked it here, though, at the time because the they had just won. That's right. They're yeah. going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think that was the first Super Bowl. But yeah, that was the first Super It was an NFC Championship game. game. The San Francisco yeah. game. Before the People Super got Bowl. a kick out of him. Yeah. He was ours. The Richard he was Sherman, brash. who's dancing with the cheerleaders, that guy I love. I thought that was funny when he grabbed the pom-pom. It has but. not gone well for the Legion of Boom post-playing days. Yeah. You've had Brandon Browner. Remember him? Oh, yeah. He's like in, I think he's in jail somewhere. I think he might be cur currently incarcerated. Yeah. You've got Earl Thomas, who every time you turn around, there's Mess. an issue with him. Yep. You got Richard Sherman. Cam Chancellor is the only one that's really. He hasn't been in trouble. He, he hasn't clean. been in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I yeah, don't know. It's been rough. When I, when I read it, I just was so like bummed out for him. Just, man, the, the, the whole driver, like in the, in the day and age of Uber and Lyft. And, yeah. I mean, wow, really? A $60 lift or whatever the hell it's going to cost you, 50 bucks to avoid this horseshit sitting in a jail cell, potentially losing your job? It makes, too much, it makes too much sense to us yeah. sitting here with level minds. We're using our brains, it. I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's you know, just, you're not thinking clearly when you're, you've had more than two margaritas. Yeah, probably not. A couple, yeah. couple margaritas. Two margaritas, yeah. yes. So that surprised me. The reaction on Twitter surprised me. I guess I shouldn't be surprised when people are nasty on Twitter. How about the Tiger Woods Sun story? Are you following this? Help me understand. You were probably in Las Vegas at the time. Yeah, I definitely wasn't checking ESPN and watching Sports Center then. You know about Tiger Woods' son, Charlie. Yes. You know about him. He's my daughter's age, so yeah. 15 I know. years old, decided down near where he lives. He goes to the school that I went to. Oh, that's right. He does, yeah. Yes, he goes to the same school where I spent my whole life. 
there's going to be a tournament there, a PGA tournament there called the Honda Classic. It's right there in Palm Beach Gardens, right near where he lives. And he decided maybe for experience sake, I'm going to try to qualify for the Honda Classic, okay. a PGA Tour event. At 15. At 15. Yes. Now, he's a really nice player. He's not even one of the top three players on his high school team. There are three or four players. Wow. Now, he's only like a freshman or sophomore in high school. Yeah, probably So there's some seniors, right? And that's a really good team. Yeah. We always had a great team. <laughs> they got much better when you left. So he's a really nice player. Okay. I wouldn't say he's one of the top 15-year-olds in the country. Like, he's not a ranked 15-year-old. He's a nice player. Okay. And he decided to give it a shot. Yeah. So he shows up to this golf course that's having the qualifier. He gets out of his car, and there's people with cameras at like 5.30 in the morning taking pictures of him video of him getting out of his car like Tiger Woods, like the video you see of Tiger arriving for the final round of the U.S. Open yeah, yeah. where he's walking through the parking lot. They got cameras in his face oh. at 15. He shoots 86. Now, he's playing a tough golf course from the tips. He's playing essentially against professional players trying to qualify for a PGA Tour event. There's some amateurs. There's some young amateurs. But for the most part, the field, the people that he's competing against are professional golfers. Right. Okay? That's their job. Trying to make it. Yeah. He shoots 86. Okay. He has a 12 on a hole. And it goes on Twitter. The scorecard goes on Twitter. Ugh. And people are just killing him. Yeah. Like, oh, he sucks. He's not riding on the coattails of his name. He's 15 years old. Piper is 15 years old. <laughs> right. Who does he, he just, think he is? He is just getting killed. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. What is wrong with people? Oh, yeah. What is wrong with people? People making fun of him, making fun of the scorecard. He'll never be any good. He's 15 years old. <laughs> he right? hasn't probably fully developed as a person. Let yet. me read to you. <laughs> The article about it. Now, this is an article that was in the Palm Beach Post, my hometown newspaper. Okay. okay? This is a reporter who wrote this. When Woods' first out-of-bounds drive went flying wide right toward the rough at number five, so did several fans hoping to grab a souvenir from the bushes and the palms. As a frustrated Woods made his way up the fairway, spectators began to realize, hey, there's no ropes to bar them from the course, in turn, they walked very close to Woods down the fairway, ignoring repeated requests from tournament officials to stay on the car path. A disgruntled fan walking very close to Woods says, quote, who are you, the fire marshal? Jeez. Listen to this. Woods' following increased to more than 50 fans as he headed for the back nine, including one grandmother who learned that he was competing and pulled her granddaughter out of school in the hope of Woods noticing her. Gosh, that's the headline that I read. That's the only one I read when I was away. <laughs> After Woods left the 12th green, another fan approached him with a pen oh. and a copy of Tiger's book, How I Play Golf, demanding that Charlie sign it in the middle of his round. And when the officials told the fan that that's not allowed, she made a commotion of shushes and yells and said, I live here. I can do this. Jeez. Here's the kicker of the story. This is a reporter. She writes, while Woods' performance may mean the renaming of Lost Lake Golf Club to Lost Ball Golf Club, Charlie Woods <laughs> will surely have more attempts at qualifying for a PGA Tour event. So the reporter who's supposed to be just writing an, an objective story takes a shot at him <laughs> right. for losing golf balls. You can't make this stuff up. Imagine any golfer, any pro golfer playing through what he had to go through. Right, autographs during this. I mean, 
you see golfers lose their shit when they hear a click on a camera in a fucking backswing, <laughs> much less people coming up for autographs. And Scott, it is he's unbelievable. He's a kid, and adults are running towards him. It can be kind of scary. And, and here I am wondering, God. what is wrong with me? This is the problem. You read enough of the Twitter stuff where then you start to question, am I the abnormal one? I guess I am. <laughs> right. Because here I was thinking, oh, my God, how courageous is it that a 15-year-old sophomore at the Benjamin School with the name Woods would go into that tournament yeah. and put his name out there knowing that he's going to get the attention, knowing that he's not ready to play on the PGA Tour, knowing that he's exposing himself to all of this, and do it anyway and kind of say F you to yep. all of you. I'm going to play golf because I love the game and I'm going to do this. I'm giving the guy a standing ovation. Right. I'm giving the kid a standing ovation for taking on this type of a challenge. And everybody else is making me feel like, what? what's wrong with you, Mitch? Yeah. You should be bashing this kid. You should be killing this kid for making a 12 and having an 86. What's wrong with people? Uh, that's a great... And by the way, doing all of this and every second of it is documented on video, right? I'm sure every second of that round is on... If you put everyone's cameras together... <laughs> Correct. I mean, that's another scary part of it. He knows if he has one bad shot... It's viral. It's going. Everyone's, right. you know. Right. And he still went and did it anyway. I'm with you. Like, the, go give it a try. Who gives a shit? Sports fans act like such jerk-offs sometimes. It's ridiculous. I mean, I just saw a story about, I got to find it here. It's, it was a uh, New York jet who landed at the airport after being in Vegas for the Super Bowl. So, Brees Hall, you know the name Brees Hall? Pretty sure, good running sure, back. Sure. Yeah. Face-to-face yeah. -face with an overzealous autograph seeker when he touched down in Jersey after partying in Vegas for a week. and. The guy asked for his autograph, and yeah. for whatever reason, Brees just didn't want to sign his autograph. He's waiting for his bag. He just probably yeah. wants to go home. Yeah. The guy flipped out on him. Did he? Flipped out on him. Said, if, you, if you're going to slap me in the face like that, be a man and really slap me. Just It's all on video. You can see it. So luckily, Carl Banks, you remember him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Carl Banks got in the way and like folded He was his, there? He was there. <laughs> just coincidentally? Randomly was with him. Folded his arms and stood in between him like, wow. hit the bricks, fella. And this guy, and at the but very he, end, he said, get the... F out of here, you rhymes with wussy. Like, what's wrong with sports fans? They're not your own little personal toys to do what the hell ever I don't else know. you want with them. What the hell's wrong with you people? <laughs> He's 15. All right, three interviews and then the other stuff segment. Hey, Zeke's Pizza President Dan Black is back with us on Mitch Unfiltered, watching the insanity of his favorite college football program. You have any eligibility left, Dan? They need players. Can you can you play both ways? What position? Yeah, Jed Fish hit me up the other day when we delivered some pizza. So uh, I might, you know, I might be on the depth chart for quarterback next year for the Huskies. But hey, bitch, I got a question for you. Yes. So I know this guy. He's he used to be a sports radio guy. Now he does a podcast. <laughs> he's a great interviewer because he shows genuine curiosity. And I thought about you a lot. If you and I were standing in the sports book in Mandalay Bay. Would you have put a bet on the Huskies in the Pac-12 championship or the Sugar Bowl? I would have bet them in the Pac-12 championship for sure. Yeah. I would have bet them in the Sugar Bowl for sure. And yeah. then I would have bet them in the national championship game <laughs> for sure. What I <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Curiosity cured. <laughs> you got it. The Pigskin yeah. 10 promotion has been a hit. We used it here during the national semifinal game in the Sugar Bowl. Tell everybody about it. Are we keeping it rolling through the NFL season and the playoffs and the Super Bowl? Yeah, no, Pigskin 10, like we've talked about, super popular. It's rolling through the Super Bowl, active on what we call football days, which is Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Mm -hmm. And it's $10 off any order of $40 or more, so $30 after the discount. Easiest way is on the app or online. You just enter the code. 
And like I say, the idea is that if you're ordering pizza while you're watching football, it's a no-brainer. The Kraken have gotten hot all of a sudden, Dan. How about Kraken happy hours down near the uh, the building? Yeah, no, our Belltown location, as you know, is kind of Kraken Central. We got a great bar there. We run great happy hour specials and stuff. And I know you're Mr. I don't drink beer, but trust me, five <laughs> or six bucks for a pint is good. We got cheap slices. Nice. Uh, it's active and fun in there. We got all the crack and pregame and hockey on and stuff. So that's a, that's a great spot. I love how Zeke's Pizza has connected with sports, especially sports locally. We love Zeke's Pizza, a great partner of Mitch Unfiltered, homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Chioza. Walker on McGee with four. Kemba Walker. Step back. A couple of weeks ago, a listener from the Pittsburgh area reached out to alert me of a high school basketball game that had quite the ending. No half-court shots, no controversial officiating, no real drama as to the winner, something a little different and perhaps more worthy of discussion. Friday, February the 9th, West Allegheny against South Fayette. I hope I've said that right. Ben O'Connor, the coach of West Allegheny, is with us on Mitch Unfiltered. How are you, coach? I'm excellent. How about yourself? Good. It's West Allegheny and South Fayette. Did I get that right? You got it right. All right, good. Uh, so you're you're the coach of, shall I say, the team that didn't end up with a win? Can Correct. I say it that way? <laughs> we, we, we won in life, but we uh, we lost the game. Okay. So would you do me a favor for all of our listeners who have absolutely no idea what we're talking about? Set the scene for us, Coach. It's the last game of the year for you guys, but not for your opponent, right? Correct. So it's the last game for us. South Fayette is a local geographic rival. And regardless of records, when we play, it's a great game. And uh, the first time we played them, we went double overtime. And the... This night, um, a senior, Brandon Bell, for us, needed 13 points to get 1,000. He had 987 points for you guys in his high school career and needed 13 for 1,000. At the same time that there was another player on the other team, right, named Mike Plasco. Correct. He needed 24, and to be honest, I did not know that. (laughs) Um, He had 976 going into the game. Correct. And throughout the game, Brandon struggled to score. You know, Brandon averaged 17 a game for us. A couple times he had 30, high 20s. But they were playing great defense against him. Um, With about 15 seconds to go, um, he needed four. A few things went our way. We kept possession of the ball. We scored on a sideline out-of-bounds play to cut the lead to six. So the game was pretty much over at that point. But he still needed two more. We called timeout went over some strategy with our team and how to get a steal or a quick foul. And uh, it was the first time I had mentioned, we've got to figure out a way to get Brandon two more points. We hadn't talked about it to that point. Long story short, South Fayette runs sort of a home run play, a home run pass, like a football pass to Plasco. And he takes a pull up three uncontested. And uh, I just thought, wow, that's crazy, but no problem. We get the ball back quick. As we're inbounding the ball into Brandon with eight seconds left, he's dribbling up the floor. Their fans all go crazy and cry, you know, rush the court. Well, there was some 
mayhem. The referees were trying to restore order. I'm pulling my team together, trying to figure out what kind of play can I draw up for Brandon? Well, their coach is starting to walk my way to apologize for their fans. Coach, did you have any inkling as to why everybody was rushing the floor? Did you have any idea? Well, not at first, but I quickly figured it out. I mean, <laughs> when when cheerleaders were carrying signs that said a thousand points, you know, ah. Michael Plasco, the light bulb turned on. But throughout all this, whenever Coach Mislin was apologizing for their fans, I just flat out said, hey, Brandon has 998 points. Can we work something out? Well, I kind of lost him and he kind of went with the referees and, you know, some picture opportunities with his player. Well, we eventually got back together again. And I think once he realized the scenario, he said, sure, no problem. I'll make it work. I walked over to the scorekeeper, the uh, timekeeper and said, if you're slow with the trigger finger here, it's okay. Explain <laughs> the scenario to her. And she didn't seem too happy about it. Um, but I went back to my team and my team didn't believe me that they were going to give Brandon the layup. But I went back to South Fayette's bench again. And uh, a few of the players had said, coach, we got you. And uh, sure enough, we inbounded the ball. Brandon dribbled the length of the floor. Their team sort of backed off and allowed Brandon to score with 1.9 seconds left. Mm. Um, one of the coolest things I've been a part of, I've been doing this for a while I don't think that'll ever happen again to have two kids score their thousandth point within seconds of each other. They both were number 23. Ironically, they're friends. They play on a summer basketball team together. Just a really cool thing. And then our fans rushed the court and we took some pictures and the rest is history. Both guys score their 1000th point in that game. Now we need to point out a couple of things about this to make it even more interesting. So a couple of different layers. A, this was going to be your last game. This was going to be Brandon Bell's last game of his career. He had to do Correct. it there. Although the other guy, Plasco, they were going to play another road game and probably a playoff game. So he he was going to do it in a future game, but wanted to do it on his home floor. That's why they set up the long home run ball. And he asked his coach for permission to shoot it. And his coach said yes, which even if it wasn't his 1,000th point, the fact that he shot it that quick was going to make things easier for us to try to get Brandon another bucket. Everything happened for a reason down the stretch. And had he not taken that shot, had he not scored, it wouldn't have set up the scenario that we had um, mm. for South Fayette to have great sportsmanship. And I don't know. I got a little flack here in Pittsburgh Did from you? some old school people who – Let me hear Basically, blah, blah, blah. He didn't earn it. What are we doing for these kids? We're teaching them nothing. My answer to that is if you're complaining about a 18-year-old scoring his 1,000th point in a scenario like that in amateur sports, then shame on you. An opportunity of a lifetime. Both teams understood the scenario. Both crowds understood the scenario. And uh, you know, Brandon would have remembered his 1,000th point regardless but the score in that scenario kind of made it kind of neat and extra special. Um, I'm sure he would have rather scored it the natural way. Right. However, this is one who always remember, especially with the attention that it got in the Pittsburgh area. And he had a lot of friends and family. He had out of town guests that came to the, came to the game and almost watched him fall two points short of the record. Right. Correct. And he is a great kid and a team player. And there were so many opportunities during the year where he could have, taken a bad shot or scored another way. But during the game, and I, I kind of try to keep a poker face, 
but I kept glancing and I could see his, you know, his family all huddled with signs and a ball. And it was my job to advocate for him. Right. And, uh, I'd have done it a million more times in a row if I could. How are you going to get him the ball if they didn't throw the home run pass? Were you going to foul and put the guy on the line with uh, 10 seconds yes. to go? Is that what you're going to do? Yeah, we were going to try to get a quick steal and if not foul right away, and uh, which made it more difficult when they threw the home run ball. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But ironically, I mean, we were inbound the ball to Brandon and their fans hadn't rushed the court yet. But their kids all started to celebrate, and Brandon had a clear lane to the hoop. <laughs> well, um, how about this one for you? How about the officials calling a technical foul for the fans running out onto the floor without the game ending and awarding you guys two shots? Who would have shot those two, Coach? <laughs> well, well th th their coach actually said that. He goes, how about we just get the referees? And I said, that is way too much pressure to put on Brandon in this scenario. <laughs> That, then again, when he drove in for the layup, I thought I, I honestly kept thinking, oh, my goodness, if he misses this, how bad is this going to look? And in hindsight, if he'd have done it that way, all the naysayers and old school people in Pittsburgh would have been happier about it. Yeah. Is Coach Mislin taking flack for allowing your player to go to the length of the floor to do that? A little bit. Coach Mislin was also preparing for the playoffs. So I think I took a little more flack because I was the coach that asked for it. You know, he's a little bit older than me, but we both come from the same generation. And I think he, he made the joking comment that, you know, he doesn't know if he's just getting old or if it's just understanding the scenario, but he was happy to do it and would have done it again any day. Mm. He's a great, great man. And, he, and I respect him as much as any coach I've coached against. Outside of that scenario, I, I appreciated him. Now I appreciate him, appreciate him even more. He told an interesting story at the end when they asked him about him, when the media asked him about allowing the player to go in for a, a basket of what the scene was like after he talked to his players in the locker room post-game. He came out and Brandon Bell's father was there shaking hands and thanking everybody profusely, right? Correct. Yeah, Brian was in the hallway. I gave him a hug. He thanked me. And right away, he's like, where's South Fayette's locker room? And Brian, Brandon's dad, went right down to it and waited outside for him to come out, which was a cool moment as well. It's sportsmanship, but I really it, it think it comes down to just a bunch of people just understanding this scenario and appreciating it as a whole, which really made it cool. It's a couple of weeks now later. Do you have any other feelings about it a after you've digested what happened, after you've heard from the critics, after you heard from the complainers, any new thoughts as the time goes by? Well, we had our exit interviews that I have with all of my players, and I had it with Brandon yeah. a couple of days later. Yeah. And to see the appreciation on his face and the hug he gave me and thanked me, I didn't need that, but it was definitely a reassurance. Mm -hmm. But with every kid, when you say, hey, what was your favorite memory of the year? Most of them said Brandon scoring his 1,000th point and the way it happened. The feelings for it actually grew better, so there were no weird feelings from the get-go. But as time has gone on, I've felt better and better about it. And I, I'm a big fan of karma, a believer of it. I think everything happens for a reason. And the way that story all unfolded, it was meant to be. A few comments on some social media websites won't, uh, won't make me think otherwise. Yeah. Is Brandon Bell's basketball career now over? Is there a place for him next year? He, he is going to go play small college basketball Good. somewhere locally. Um, he's still figuring that out. But a couple colleges really do like him. So he does have an opportunity to start that point count over in college now. <laughs> I bet you the next two are going to be harder than the last two. 
coach. <laughs> they, they, they will, and I think he knows that. <laughs> uh, coach Ben O'Connor, West Allegheny, a terrific display of sportsmanship. I, I'm looking forward to, at some point, talking to Coach Mislin as well. Thank you, Coach. Thanks for being with us on Mitch Unfiltered and telling the story. A great gesture. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mitch. Well, 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 if it's not Katie Versio, the director of financial planning at Evergreen Golf Call, back here to embarrass me on my own show. But I can take it, Katie, because the stock market has been so robust lately. How about that? Yes, it's been a great start to 2024. Why do I think we're going to have a question on the stock market that I'm going to probably miss (laughs) in the three questions? Is there a theme for today's show? Yes, so we're going to be doing a market and economic update today. All right. Three questions, multiple guests, maybe a little true and false. Let's see how I do. Question number one from Evergreen Golf Call. Go ahead, Katie. Okay, so question one. This is a real hot topic of interest rates. So this has really impacted all areas of the market since the Fed started raising interest rates in 2022. So true or false, interest rates have been cut in 2024. Yeah. I'm going to say true because I know that there was a lot of talk. I think they did it once, right? So I'll say true on this one. Actually, false. I thought I heard that they did. No? Yes. So the Fed announced in the fourth quarter of 2023 that they plan to cut rate hikes in 2024. But no rate cuts have actually occurred. Despite that, the market has really rallied on that news. So that might be why you thought that. Okay. Number two, I'm 0 for 1. Go ahead. Another true or false. So I'm giving you a few softballs here. So So both stocks and bonds are up in 2024. Both stocks and bonds, true or false, are up in 2024. We know the stock market is way up in 2024. I'm assuming the bond market is up a tiny bit. So I'll say true. Actually, false. Softballs. Yeah, so, real softballs. Yes. So while well, stocks are up 6%, bonds are actually down 1.5%. But again, if rates do end up going down later this year, then we might see outperformance from all asset classes. Uh, I don't even know if I want to hear the third question, but go ahead. I'm going to try to go one for three. Go ahead, Katie. All right. What is the best performing sector of the S&P 500? Is it energy? Healthcare or communication services? Communication services, Katie Versio. That's right. You got that one right. I tried to trick you with that one a little bit. A lot of folks combine that with tech, but communication services includes Google, Meta, Netflix. So all the big drivers of the market for 2024. And Mitch goes one for three. And because it's baseball season, it's respectable. 333. We love Evergreen Golf Call. EvergreenGK.com, Evergreen Golf Call, a great sponsor of Mitch Unfiltered and everything wealth. Unfiltered. Once votes are read, the decision is final. Person voted out will be asked to leave the Tribal Council area immediately. I read the votes. First person voted uh, Survivor Kagayan. David, need to bring me your torch. Episode 277, he's the host of the podcast, Nothing Personal, also a former president of the Florida Marlins. He was even on the show Survivor. He's back with us on Mitch Unfiltered. He's 
David Sampson. Hi, David. How are you? Good to see you again. Good to see you. Why were you on that show? Have I asked you that before? Was that some sort of a celebrity edition or how far did you make it? What happened? You actually can see in the background right above me, that's my torch that got snuffed after three oh. days. Oh. I was the first boot. And oh. as a matter of fact, we filmed it in July of 2013, but it, the first episode and the only episode I was on of Survivor 28, debuted and was shown on February 26th, 2014. So it's been 10 years. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> so many people remember that episode and remember me. And it's good. It makes them forget about all the times I didn't win the World Series. Oh. So I'll take it. You won the World Series, but you were a first boot. Oh. Hey, you were on Survivor, <laughs> but your team stunk all those other years. Hey, you got a new ballpark, but you used public money. Yeah. So there's always a lot of, hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so baseball's back at it, David. And we here in Seattle are pissed at the owners they promised us through the years of the rebuilding, the years and years of rebuilding, hey, when we get to the point where the team is on the verge of winning, we will spend, we will spend that offseason. And then they get here, and what do we get, David? They blame the cable TV money issue, and we don't have money to spend. Sorry, we're freezing spending. Boy, that, well, I think you're conflating a couple of things. So let's start with, I'm not one to always defend owners, and one of the things I do on Nothing Personal is try to give it to people straight so they can understand and then let them make their own decision. Mm -hmm. The reality is in Seattle, the problem with Root and the problem with the local TV revenue is it really isn't unknown going forward. And when you're looking at contracts, when you're looking at long-term deals, you can do what I did, backload everything, worry about tomorrow, tomorrow, and then trade them all as soon as they start making money. Or... You can try to accurately predict the revenue streams you will have and act accordingly and responsibly. The moves that the Mariners made, their payroll is going to be higher this year than last year. Let's say it's the same, a little higher. Natural raises account for money. So keeping your same team together year after year, it doesn't work. It gets too expensive. You're getting the same production just for more money. So what I've noticed they're doing, and I think it's outstanding, and I've criticized Jerry in the past, but it's outstanding, like trading Kellenic, getting the money moved the way he did with other players, moving out Suarez. You may think to yourself, wow, we were so close, and what's he doing? Is he rebuilding? Is he retooling? No, he's actually running a Major League Baseball team. But they wanted, everyone wanted him to spend. They wanted them to spend. They need hitters. They obviously have compiled this great pitching staff. The, the starting pitching is amongst the best in baseball. They were a hitter or two short this offseason. And they promised us all the way through these years, we will get that bat. We will get that bat when the time is right. And now when the time is right, we feel let down. But you shouldn't. A, are you? did people in Arizona think the time was right last year? How, what does that mean? I love when fans or people in the media say that the time is right, like mm -hmm. now, yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. My view always was I always wanted to leave money in the budget for mid-season acquisitions. I loved being a buyer at the deadline because it could. I had a whole half a season to tell me who was the hottest bullpen arm. Doesn't always work. We got Rodney one year. He was unhittable in San Diego. We traded for him in 2016. He couldn't get anyone out. We traded for Carlos Lee one year. That one didn't work. Traded for Urbina one year. That one did work. Every year you try when you acquire 
to make it work and to make it like the Braves deadline when they won the World Series with Soler and Duvall and mm -hmm. Rosario. Mm -hmm. So what I think the Mariners should do is see how it goes in the first half of 24 and be nimble. Have money available to acquire at the deadline to yeah. be aggressive, yeah. but also be willing to acknowledge yeah. that, hey, the time wasn't right. This wasn't it. So that's what I, I, I agree with what the Mariners okay. are doing. Do you feel for Jerry being in the middle of it all? He's got the owners telling him one thing. He's hearing the players say something. He's hearing the fans say another thing. Do you feel for the sticky spot that he might be in? No, we're all paid to be in that spot. Okay. So I have okay. no sympathy for me or for any president of a team or any GM right. or any player. Right. It's their job. It's our job. It was my job. I don't like what some of the players, you know, on, on Nothing Personal recently, all of these players are speaking like what Anthony Rendon said about where baseball was in his life. And mm -hmm. you've got Rafael Devers of the Red Sox sort of impugning his management and his ownership. Meanwhile, he signed that ridiculous long-term deal when they chose Devers over Betts or anyone else. So I'm a little tired of, of players with their narrative or agents with their narrative or fans or owners who are complaining too much. Hey, we all are given our cards that were dealt with our franchise. Right. We managed to win a World Series. The fact that Seattle hasn't won one yet, I'm sorry, but there are ways <laughs> to win a World Series. The Diamondbacks last year got very, very far, oh, as yeah. you know. Yeah. Like really far. Yeah. Almost all the way. So don't blame anybody. So spring training is here. And the mighty Scott Boris has four free agents, David. I know you've talked about this on Nothing Personal. They're sitting unsigned. They are Blake Snell, who's from out here, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman. Boris always comes out the it. winner. They always He always comes out smelling like a rose. Will he this time around? I've been saying it for 20 years. Is this the year? Is this the year we finally get <laughs> Boris and his players to understand that he overpromises and underdelivers? Uh -huh. Is this finally the year when an owner will not bail out Boris at the last minute and make him look prescient? Why isn't this the year? Now he's got four guys. Four. I love it. There is zero chance those gentlemen all get deals of four plus years. Not going to happen. At least one or two of them are going to get pillow deals and they will be ruining the day that they didn't sign any long-term deals that they were offered. <laughs> Much like I believe Boris's other client, Juan Soto, who so eloquently stated, I let Scott do it. I trust Scott. So help me Scott about his free agency. Well, that's the man, Juan, who told you to turn down $440 million from the Nationals. Good luck beating that when Boris promised it. <laughs> so is this the time? Boy. I hope so, but I'm zero for my last 24 in thinking <laughs> this is the time. Mike Trout is stranded in Anaheim, David, without Shohei, who's now across town in blue. Does Trout ultimately get traded this year or not? What does that mean, he's stranded in Anaheim? I'm sorry, did I miss something? Did Anaheim win one playoff game with Trout and Otani? No. Not one. Did they make the playoffs with Trout and Otani? No. No. So everyone's saying, oh, God, Trout lost Otani. Well, is the team going to get worse than it was with Otani? Maybe they'll win 68 games instead of 72 games? Come on. Trout signed that extension. He knew exactly what was happening. I didn't like to hear Trout say, oh, I spoke to Artie Moreno, and we could use one of those four players. Mm -hmm. Come on, Mike. You know what's going You know the score. You think he gets Anaheim. traded? Traded this year? No. No. Will not be traded. What I'd like to see Anaheim do, and I wish they had done it today, 
yeah. whatever day today is, is release <laughs> Anthony Rendon. Just tip really? your cap really? and say, hey, say that's we enough. gave him $245 million. F you, Boris. But you know what? Good luck. Let someone wow. else worry about him at the minimum or let him go be with his family and his faith. Wow. But I do not want him around wow. at all. That's an expensive dismissal. I've made a lot of expensive <laughs> mistakes. Sometimes it's better just to it's rip the Band-Aid one. off and acknowledge it. But is it really? What positive is there from having Anthony Rendon on your team? Can you think of one? No. Then it's time for him to be released. <laughs> okay. Guess who's on the Hall of Fame ballot next year? Hell yeah. Former Marlin, a guy you signed. I'm asking you right now, as serious as I can, as seriously as I can, do you think Ichiro goes into the Hall of Fame as a Miami Marlin? Do you think that that will be the cap that he will wear in baseball's Hall of Fame, David? You, so si- I promised you Ichiro, signed him. You signed I him. I promised Ichiro that I will be in Cooperstown next July, okay. a year from July when he is inducted. I believe, and I've not gone public with this on my show yet, but I'm happy to do it on your show. I believe Ichiro will be the first ever unanimous position player, first ballot Hall of Famer. You think? I expect him to be. I'm so proud of him. He's been looking forward to this day. He never wanted to retire. The only silver lining was the five years after the Hall of Fame. He loves the Hall of Fame. He cares about the Hall of Fame. He cares about his position in baseball, which is beyond, obviously, what anyone would have thought. And it is funny how Ichiro and I and the Mariners are linked forever by some funny comments I made once upon a time about Ichiro before ever knowing him. And the irony of how wrong I was and how close I am now to Ichiro is not lost on him or me. What did you say? When Ichiro signed an extension with the Mariners, I basically said on the Levitard show that it was the end of baseball as we knew it. <laughs> and uh, and what it did- turns out it was not. No. I was frustrated as a team president of a team who couldn't afford to give a position player who didn't hit for power and hit for average $20 million. Right. I was upset with Seattle, the owners, and the GM, who at the time was a guy named Bill Bavese, I think. Yes. I was upset that he would not acknowledge that the number for Ichiro was similar to what Otani is today, where there's so much ancillary revenue when you have Ichiro that that would explain paying him a premium. And when the Mariners signed him at that time, they didn't explain it. So we had agents calling us saying, hey, Ichiro's in at 20 or 18. Our guy should slot in right at 13. And we were like, no, your guy should be at seven. And so there were all sorts of issues with the Ichiro signing. Yeah, He and I spent yeah. a lot of time talking about it once he became a Marlin. <laughs> and he and I continue to be in touch and be close. And uh, it's one of my favorite, favorite baseball stories that uh, you never know. You never know what can happen in this game. Do you remember what Bill Bavese said in response to your comment about Ichiro's uh, contract? Of course I do, because my mother uh, <laughs> basically agreed with him and said, wow, you know, that guy knows really how I feel, which is if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. That that's, was a funny one. Listen, that's not I, exactly what he said, skin. David. That's not exactly what he said. Didn't he say if I didn't my mommy say if I have nothing nice to say, be quiet? My mother said that if I have nothing better to say than fuck David Sampson, <laughs> that I should say nothing at all. So I'm gonna take what my mother says and say nothing at all. That's I what love he that. said. <laughs> 
listen, <laughs> it's not even a top 10 comment said about me over my okay, 18 years okay. in baseball. All right. It doesn't even make the lists. All Forget right. the podium. Uh, all um, right. I would tell you that this the thick skin that I've developed and continue to this day to have, it never bothered me. That that never bothered me from the Angel standpoint, uh, from the Mariners standpoint. Yeah. What bothered me is when I met Ichiro and I spoke to him about it and then the relationship we developed and I wish that I had known him when I said it because I would have said it differently. differently. Yeah, yeah. I would have said it more about the Mariners than yeah. about Ichiro. And, uh, and I don't yeah. at all, Mitch, yeah. disagree with what I said. I disagree in the way in which I said, I said it. Sure, sure. We all go through that. Let me go back to what you said originally, which is you think he'll be the first position player to get 100%. Why would the guys that didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr. and didn't vote for Derek Jeter, why are they going to vote, unless they're not voters anymore, why are they going to vote for Ichiro? Well, Ichiro and Derek Jeter don't belong in the same sentence. They don't belong in the same ballpark. Ichiro is a way better player than Jeter, not even close. Okay, how about and Junior? And back when Junior went in, my recollection around that time, that's pre-Rivera. So I believe that no one had been put in unanimously and it became a thing okay. that the writers said, we're not going to do that at all. Right. But then they popped their cherry with Rivera and he went in unanimously. So my view is Somebody's, once the pitcher's in, it's it. open season. So now it should be okay got for it. a position player. Got and it. for me, there was no way it was going to be Adrian Beltre, who is a great Hall of Famer, a great player. But the first unanimous position player ever, Adrian Beltre, yeah. it just doesn't match well. But when you put Ichiro along with Mariano Rivera, and then you match him with a starting pitcher, where you'd have a starting pitcher, a position player, and a reliever as unanimous first ballot Hall of Famers, yeah. I think it's a great way to do it, and I think that is how it will be done. We'll see if you're right. I'll hold you to that. We'll see if you're right. Where are you on all the steroid guys in the Hall of Fame? David, have I ever asked you that before? I don't want them in the plaque room, but they deserve to have a wing in Cooperstown. They're a part of the story of baseball, uh, but the plaque room should be not for them. Now, there are plenty of people in the plaque room who have done it. There are plenty of people in the plaque room who are not great people. The problem with A-Rod, clear as day, just what a liar he was. The problem with Clemens, what a liar. The problem with McGuire, they're just, they were all liars. There were some players who came out and said they did it, and uh, and they didn't get crucified for it. I think what the what the American fan base or what the world or what the writers are looking for, not just remorse, but at least an acknowledgement. You know, no one likes to be gaslit. Barry Bonds, for him not to acknowledge what he did, it's, 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 it's literally stupid. Everybody knows. So what's the difference? That refusal, I think, cost him. And when you look at, at where uh, A-Rod is, yeah. you know, there's just his redemption tour which included Jennifer Lopez. It included the job on Fox and everything he did, which was totally calculated to redeem himself. It worked with the audience, but it was never going to work for Cooperstown. Oh, right. Worse or better than Pete Rose betting on the Reds to win baseball games? Lying about doing steroids? Yeah. I believe gambling is worse. I am far more concerned about gambling than I ever was about steroids um, or greenies or anything the players do that they should or should not do to get ready for a season or to get better faster right. or to be powerful or to not get hurt. Uh, the problem with gambling is now you're talking about integrity in a way that even steroids 
doesn't mess with integrity. Even when you've got a cartoon-like character like McGuire, mm -hmm. it doesn't change the way gambling can screw with the game. So I'm worried more about gambling. Last question. Do you think the Oakland Athletics will become the Las Vegas Athletics? I'm the last guy on the Survivor Island, Mitch. <laughs> I From the beginning, I've been saying that deal has a problem. And I'm going to stick to that. But clearly, the, the Major League Baseball would prefer Oakland to stay in Oakland. They'd rather have Vegas as an expansion candidate. What I love about what baseball is doing now is they're releasing, hey, Salt Lake City's the expansion candidate for the West. It's not Vegas. Mm -hmm. Vegas will get the A's. Salt Lake City will get expansion. Boom, boom, we're good. Well, that leaves the Bay Area with only one team. I think the best solution is the Bay Area to keep the A's, Vegas to get expansion, and then Salt Lake City to wait. We'll see how it goes, but... There's so many moving parts and so many things that they're pretending are done. Right. When mom, Rob Manford talks, it's as though the deal's done. Right. It's as though they're ready to move to Vegas. It's it's wrong. The deals aren't done. There aren't documents signed. So we'll see how it all goes down. It's all called Nothing Personal. Terrific podcast starring David Sampson, a guest here on Mitch Unfiltered for the second or third time. Thank you for doing it. Let's do it again soon. Looking forward. Take care. Thank you, Mitch. We are back at it with Lindsay Schwartz of Daniel's Broiler, Valentine's Day week in our rearview mirror. No better place for special occasions than Daniel's Broiler. How'd it go, Lindsay? Hey, Mitch. Valentine's Day was awesome. We talked about it being on a Wednesday. We love yeah. that. So it was really, really good. You know, we love special occasions. We love holidays. March, we don't have a holiday necessarily that plays in to what we do. There's St. Patrick's Day, but... Uh, can't really figure out how to make that a Daniel's <laughs> night. But uh, but you know that what we do in March yes. to kind of make up for it, yes. we do, of course, the Bourbon Bash. And uh, this is going to be the 13th annual one. So this is the longest standing event we've done. Super exciting. It's March 2nd. It starts at 5 o'clock at the Bellevue location. Yep. It's 195 bucks. We always have a huge selection of bourbon at all the restaurants. But for the Bourbon Bash, we bring in even more. We bring it in from all over the country. It's the biggest collection of bourbon on the West Coast when we do this. Really? And uh, for those that love bourbon, you can try everything, anything you've, you've ever thought of. You show up, we give you a glass, and we've got different booths set up all around the room. All the distributors and vendors and reps are there to talk about their product and sample the product. It's a lot of fun. I look forward to it every year. I'll be there. I'll probably get sick if I tried to drink bourbon. Are you a bourbon guy? This is one of the biggest things you guys do each year. It's your number one special event at any of the Daniels locations, right? Yeah, it is. And and for sure, I do like bourbon. You know, you I, I had the opportunity to go do the bourbon trail in Kentucky probably about 10 years ago. Yeah. And that's when I fell in love with it. It's the official liquor of our country, yeah. patriotic to drink it. So it, yeah. it's a lot of fun. It's delicious. There's lots of different varieties to try. And of course, we serve great food. Uh, what would you expect at Daniel? Yeah. So uh, lots of the appetizers that, that you get. We've got the big platters and people walking around handing it out. It, it's a really special event. I'm going to have to try it some some year. I can't promise you that I'll drink a lot of bourbon, but I'm going to have to try the bourbon bash because every year you and I talk about it. Every year it's a wild success at Bellevue. This is the 13th annual one, and I just have to figure out a way to get there one of these years. March 2nd, the bourbon bash at Daniel's Broiler, the Bellevue location. Go to danielsbroiler.com for more information and reservations. Daniel's Broiler, world-class steakhouses. Well, 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 I smell some better mortgage rates finally. 
That brings in Jordan Flowers, Woodenville office, cross-country mortgage, back on Mitch Unfiltered. Ray drops the way that he used to drop passes at East Lake High School. <laughs> Ouch, man. And, and, with that the, and, with the, and that's why he's in the mortgage business, ladies and gentlemen, and the phone should be ringing, right, Jordan? <laughs> well, at least something's ringing off the hook. Yes, it is busy. Phones are ringing like jingle bells. It's awesome. <laughs> We're having a great time here. We're seeing rates already down about a point, point and a half. It took us six months to lose about 300 basis points on the 30-year 6% coupon, and we're, we gained that back in the last 30 days. So wow. things are looking good. Significant. How have the rate drops affected the market that you can tell? And how about new cross-country products that we should be thinking about as we head towards the new year? Yeah, the rate drops have already impacted the market with uh, buyers getting a little more excited and confident and writing up offers and getting under contract now since they're already seeing probably 500 to $1,000 a month savings in a 1% to 2% drop in rates from where they were just a few months ago. Yeah, And refis are going to be coming up here soon, especially as the Fed starts to cut rates. So things are definitely picking up here. And as far as new products go, there's a bunch of products that have been coming out. One specifically that we're very excited about moving into next year is a construction loan, but a construction loan for investors that are looking to build 5 to 10 unit mixed use properties. Somewhat hard to come across and uh, we are offering it. I believe we're one of maybe the only lender in the area offering it right now. So mixed use properties, five to 10 units, investors that want to build those apartments or condos and sell them or rent them out. We've got that for you. So up to $4 million. So I'm a Mitch Unfiltered listener who's either looking at a refi or making a purchase. And I want to talk and ask questions to Jordan Flowers directly. I call him where? You call me or text me directly at 425-890-2957. There it is, Jordan Flowers, the Woodenville office of Cross Country Mortgage. We love him. Great, great partners of Mitch Unfiltered. Unfiltered. But it's fourth and one for the Super Bowl for the Niners. Mahomes. Mahomes has it. He's easily going to get the first. Do you really think that you would ever, with a Super Bowl on the line, just say, Patrick, give it to somebody else? Is there such a thing as an NFL offseason? Boy, I sure hope so. Because my friends like Peter King, Football Morning in America, are not getting any younger. I am. And need (laughs) some time to disconnect and rejuvenate. You had pneumonia while covering the Super Bowl in Las Vegas and ended up in the hospital. Is that right? I did. Yeah, Mitch, it was I had been sick for feels like about two months. And uh, so that week, I just wasn't well. I was coughing a lot. I was physically exhausted. Uh, And so all week, I just said, man, I just got to get through it. Got to get through it. And on Super Bowl Sunday, in the press box, I was having a hard time. So I actually got attended to by uh, a doctor and three EMTs in the press box. And they said, you got to go to the hospital. I said, I will after the game. That's exactly what happened. I went from writing uh, to the hospital after the game, about three hours later, they said, you got double pneumonia. You got pneumonia in both lungs. And so um, anyway, uh, feeling a lot better now, almost two weeks later. And Uh, life is significantly better for me. So thanks for asking. Well, 
Life is always better for you, Peter King, when baseball season's on the horizon. <laughs> that's like that's like your chicken matzo ball soup, right, Peter? It really is. It really is. And and I'll tell you what, Mitch. In two weeks, I'll be at spring training on the west coast of Florida, and that will be my happy time for a while. So looking forward to that. Reflect upon the Super Bowl for us, will you, Peter? I think it was a really, really interesting game. It wasn't the most beautifully played game necessarily, but it was really fun. I thought that Brock Purdy was terrific. You know, I had an interesting moment during the week. I was the pool reporter covering Kansas City Chiefs practices for the Pro Football Writers Association. And every year they assigned one writer to each team's practices. Uh, I held my hand up and they gave me Kansas City. And I'm sitting there and Tony Romo walks out to practice one day. And because he's there as a member of the CBS crew, Purdy. And he said, man, I love Purdy. Absolutely love him. But this is a different animal, this game. He's going to feel different. He's going to be standing there. They're going to be playing the anthem and his mouth's going to be all dry. He says, where's my saliva? I got no saliva. (laughs) And he said, that's what happens to quarterbacks when they play in the Super Bowl. It's just a a nerve wracking experience. So I don't know about you, Mitch, but he sure didn't look too nervous to me. <laughs> he, he completed seven of his first eight passes, was good, and there's a lot of little biddly, piddly things in this game you can point to. But I thought one of the most interesting parts of the game, honestly, was fourth and one in overtime. As Sean Payton said, it was match point. You know, the first time I think they've ever had match point in the history of the Super Bowl, where you make this play, games, game continues, you get shoved for a loss, the game's over. Mm-hmm. Mahomes made the right play, ran for eight, mm-hmm. continued that uh, drive, and they ended up winning. But I thought it was a really, really fun game to cover and a fun game to to be at. Uh, got to spend some time afterwards alone with Andy Reid talking about the winning pass to Nicole Hardman. And so it was, uh, it was, for me anyway, it was a rewarding day good time even though I felt like death warmed over. Peter, I think everybody out here would like to know the answer and maybe no one knows the answer. The fallout to the loss by the 49ers. What does it mean moving forward to the NFC West? We'll get to what the Seahawks have done, but they're going to ultimately have to sign Purdy to a big contract, maybe not this offseason. What do you think the lingering ramifications of any will be to the Niners next season? Not a lot. Every team that loses the Super Bowl uh, feels like they're walking through hell for a month, especially when you lose it painfully like that in overtime. But look, let's look at this from 35,000 feet. And let's just simply acknowledge that the the 49ers were being led by Brock Purdy, who a year ago was the last player picked in the NFL draft. The Kansas City Chiefs were led by a guy who's been in the conference championship game for six years running, for every year that he's ever played. He's been in four Super Bowls, and now he's won three of them. And so let's let's be honest. Did you know? No matter, I don't care that the 49ers were favored by two points or whatever it was. That to me was insane. I mean, I have no idea why they were favored by anything. Uh, You're going against Patrick Mahomes. I don't think they should have won the game anyway, and they didn't win the game. Mm -hmm. There's all these little 
uh, things and should you have taken the ball in overtime? Should you have done this? Whatever. And there's a lot of things that you can pick at, but I don't think any of it matters a lot going forward. I will say one thing, Mitch, about going forward in this division. I think the Cardinals obviously still have a ways to go. And I think right now the Rams might be, might be entering the last year for both Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald. And obviously Seattle is a very much a work in progress. So when I look at this division right now, I think anybody is going to be hard pressed to beat the 49ers in 2024 uh, in the NFC West. Peter, the last time we talked, Pete Carroll was the coach of the Seahawks. Remember those days? And you had double pneumonia. I think the next yeah. day after we talked, Jody Allen made her decision to release Pete. How do you think? Right. How do you think John Schneider did? They interviewed a ton of guys. Then they flew to Detroit to speak with Ben Johnson. That has a whole story of its own that we could talk about. They gave the job to defensive architect Mike McDonald. He hired Ryan Grubb, a fan favorite out here, to be the offensive coordinator. Leslie Frazier is going to play an important role. What do you think of it all, Peter? I like the hire of Mike McDonald because I've been around the Ravens a lot the last couple of years since he's been back there from Michigan. Tremendously respected in the building and tremendously respected by the defense. I like not only bringing Ryan Grubb back, but honestly, I like a little sneaky good hire that they made in bringing Jake Peets up from the Rams. And I'm a little surprised the Rams didn't give him uh, more of a bump to be sure that they would keep him, uh, but they didn't. And I think that is good fortune for uh, for this team. I mean, there's two things about Jake Peets. Number one, he's the guy who taught the offense in the matter of about six weeks to Puka Nakua so he could hit the ground running mm -hmm. and have a near uh, offensive rookie of the year season as a fifth-round pick. And uh, he had an awful lot to do with the passing game uh, with the Rams. Learned a lot from Sean McVay. I think he's going to be the kind of veteran voice and veteran presence that'll help Ryan Grubb, who obviously I don't think he's ever been in the NFL before. I, I think that'll be good. I think Charles London will also be the kind of voice, you know, his quarterback coach who can help. But, you know, Mitch, let's be blunt about this. You don't know. I don't know. We don't know who's playing quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks this year. Mm. Will John Schneider do what he did 12 years ago? and shock the world, and not only pick Russell Wilson with the 75th pick in the draft, but make no mistake about it, they picked him to play him. You've got to figure that they're going to pick a quarterback this year. you got to figure. Will they pick Bo Nix? Will they pick Michael Penix? Will they trade way up and pick somebody else? Who knows? I don't have any idea. But this is going to be one of the most interesting off-seasons that the Seahawks have had almost ever because of the huge mystery involved and the fact that there is no question about it. John Schneider is in the driver's seat right now. So you don't think Geno Smith is necessarily the quarterback after they first guaranteed his deal a couple of weeks ago and then restructured to free up some money a couple of days ago? You don't I, could be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know. I think I will be surprised if they don't pick a quarterback high in this draft. Okay. What does high mean? First round, uh, second round? I, I, you know, I don't know. But as you know, Mitch, we just talked about it. Russell Wilson got picked in the third round. Uh, I don't think anybody could envision him being the starter on opening day then, but obviously he was. But I do think that this team is going to be in the market for a quarterback and will eventually play this quarterback. What about other coaching hires in the NFL? Were there one or two that you liked more than others? The thing that obviously everybody's surprised that Belichick didn't get a job. I am as surprised that Mike Vrabel did not get a job. So that surprised me. And I'll tell you, the one other thing that surprised me, that both Mike McCarthy and Nick Sirianni came back. I think, Mitch, when you look at the landscape of great expectations in both places, it's stunning to me that each coach had one of the most colossal crashes and burns in recent NFL history. They both had these incredible flameouts and they both got to keep their jobs. And I guess, you know, for the Cowboys, McCarthy's won 36 games in the last three regular seasons. Nick Sirianni has the Eagles within a series of, of winning the Super Bowl last year. So I get it. I get it. They've got some currency in the bank. But the way these two seasons ended for these two coaches, wow. And they're both coming back. That really surprises me. One year from today, will Bill Belichick be a head coach in the NFL? What a question. Mitch, I think he's got to rehab his image. I think people view him as a dour, sour, uh, Mr. Negative guy. And it's hard to imagine him addressing his team at training camp 2025 72 or 73 at the time. And them saying, Hey, I can really identify with this guy. And you know, Rich Eisen came up with the great plan. He said there ought to be a coach cast, just like there's a Manning cast, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick sit there with a host and bat around stuff in a game on Paramount plus or something mm -hmm. for three hours so that he rehabs his image. He laughs. He, he's actually can be a funny guy. Nobody believes that when I tell him, but I've been around him when he has been. Mm -hmm. And I think he's got to rehab his image. If he does, I think he's got a good chance to be back next year. What do you think of the Ben Johnson story? What to believe about what went wrong or what happened and the way he dealt with all these overtures? Well, it's a difficult thing for Ben Johnson. Okay. The Washington commanders, I think it was, it was either Monday or Tuesday, but I think Monday they were in the air and they had a set time with Ben Johnson to interview. And while they were in the air, Ben Johnson agreed with the lions that he wasn't going to go anywhere. You could say this is ridiculously rude to agree to talk to a guy who just paid $6 billion for the team who is flying to see you personally. He was also flying to see Aaron Glenn, but they weren't, the owner wasn't going to fly to see Aaron Glenn if Ben Johnson weren't there, you could make the argument that what are you doing? How can you be this rude? And you could also say, well, he didn't want to lie to him. He didn't want to sit down there and waste an hour of their time and then say, oh, by the way, I'm not coming. I'm staying here or phony it up and just say, 
I'll think about it. And then the next day call him and say, I'm going to stay. I think he was put in a tough position. However, that doesn't make the officials in Washington at all happy. They just know they had an appointment with the guy. And when they were on the tarmac at the airport in Detroit, they're told, oh, by the way, he's not going to meet with you. They were ticked off. What are the biggest free agent storylines we'll be watching this offseason? Well, I think the biggest single storyline will be what happens to Kirk Cousins, because I think there's some significant question whether the Minnesota Vikings want to continue to string this out into the future without having a long-term plan. I think Cousins is 36 years old, and I don't think they want to go year after year after year just saying, okay, we're going to pay you guaranteed money at the top of the market. Could Minnesota just say, in essence, Kirk, thanks for the memories, love you, and then could they pay Justin Jefferson his ridiculous money and make him like Tyreek Hill, a $30 million a year receiver, $33 million or whatever, and then go out and figure out what they're going to do with quarterback. They've got the 11th pick in the first round. Could they trade up some and maybe get a, one of the top three or top four quarterbacks? I don't know. We'll see. But I have heard that Vikings don't want to continue to scotch tape their quarterback situation together. I think the one other interesting person to look at, I know a lot of people don't necessarily think of superstar when they think of Brian Burns of the Carolina Panthers, Mm -hmm. but there are some teams that believe he's the best free agent on the market right now, a young gifted pass rusher. And the key question is, will the Panthers franchise him if they can't sign him? And if not, could they attempt to try to get something for him, sign him and try to get something for him? So uh, we're going to have to wait and see on that one as well. Is the draft this year going to be fun to cover? We're all wondering about Michael Penix because everybody is so mixed about him, even though we saw him make all the throws and win all the big games except for one the last two years, Peter. I think the whole question about Penix is, his injury status, the fact that he's been hurt a bunch, you know, in college football, but who can't like what they see when they watch him play football. Right. Mitch, you know what I think is going to happen? Somebody's going to fall in love with Penix. Yeah. I think it'll be somebody between 15 and 30. Somebody's going to fall in love with Penix. Who knows? How amazing would it be if it were the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks at 16? Oh, really? Oh, think about that. Oh, but it's right in there where you got Penix and Bo Nix and who knows whoever else. You know what would be the real irony? Look, I don't know this, but I will not be shocked if the Rams at 19 pick a quarterback. How ironic would it be if it were Sean McVay who fell in love with Michael Penix <laughs> and who ended up picking him at 19? That would be really, really kind of the height of weirdness. But, you know, Mitch, he is one guy who on the day of the draft, the first round, he's one guy who I'm absolutely fascinated to see where he goes. I think it's going to be a great story. Football morning in America. Read it all the way through the offseason and then into 2024. The great Peter King. I'm glad to hear that you're feeling better and we'll talk soon. Thank you, my friend. 
Thanks a lot, Mitch. As they say, tis the season, fireplace season, Fireside Home Solutions. John Waterstrat is back with us on Mitch Unfiltered. How are you, John? I'd imagine everyone on your team over there is jolly this time of year. Yes, they are, and they're really busy. We're uh, <laughs> we're over there getting everybody stocked up for the season, not only for installation stockups, but also for uh, product stockups. So we're ready to go and serve people here in the Northwest. And you also deal with a lot of repairs. We don't talk about repairs that often when you visit the show talk to us about that yeah either way if tune up a fireplace repair a fireplace or if you need us to replace it just give us a call our unit that fireside installed has been working overtime here at the house what's the timetable in the heart of these winter months from fireside home Solutions? soup to nuts we're doing great right now we have uh, installers ready to go we have product ready to go so anywhere between two and three weeks we can get a brand new fireplace wow. put in your house wow first the magnificent remodel in bellevue now what am i hearing about adding the Spokane market to the team. Yep, we just opened up our Spokane market. We're about three months uh, new to that market. We're going to be doing the same things we do over here in the Northwest. Everything from the top to the bottom, installation, service. Looking forward to serving that community. When do you think the showroom will open? We're hoping sometime here in March and April. We're going to go over and do some layouts. So, yep, we'll be excited. I think Mark Few needs to treat himself in Spokane to some cozy warmth after his cold trip to Montlake a few weeks ago. (laughs) So, south to Portland and now east to Spokane. Fireplace Places, gas, electric, wood burning, garage doors. Begin your search with a great sponsor of Mitch Unfiltered, FiresideHomeSolutions.com. Unfiltered. Smith to throw. Pressure from Hutchinson. Runs away. Great throw. Lock it down in for the end zone. It's over. The Seahawks win it. Episode 277, Hot Shots got the other stuff segment. I'll give you a few. Looks like your boy Geno Smith's going to be back and likely the starter for the Seattle Seahawks. First, they guaranteed a salary for next year. Then they restructured his contract to free up some money for them against the cap. So all indications, unless they trade him or something. Yeah. Geno's back. Now, will they draft a quarterback? Will they draft a quarterback in the first round or really early to replace Geno? I can't tell you that. What do you want? Would you want that? Because I don't. And you tell me why I should. I can't tell you why I sh- why you should. Okay. I want a starter. Can we just draft a guy who's going to start? Is that possible? Well, maybe the quarterback is going to start. <laughs> well, then Doesn't why did we count? pay Chino then? Why did we restructure it and keep him and pay him? And If you think you're going to replace him, then just replace him. Well, you don't know until you get to the draft what's going to be available. You don't know. know whether your guy is going to be available. But Chino at least is going to be around if you want him. And he can be the starter in the first year of the Mike McDonald era. But we'll wait and see on what they're going to do. I, I have a hard time believing that the draft is going to come in April and go. And they're not going to draft a quarterback somewhere, somehow. Now, okay. there's a big difference between drafting a quarterback in the fifth round yeah. and drafting a quarterback in the first round. Not according to Purdy. He might tell you something well, different. For the most part. <laughs> I know. He broke the he sort of broke the rule on <laughs> that did, one. He did. He did. So we'll have to wait and see. The Cactus League is underway. Woohoo! Hot shot. Can't believe it. Mariners are 0-2. Are they, 
Wait, can you help me understand this outrage about the uniforms? Are you following oh, any of this I'm shit? I'm not real. I guess there's new new company making the uniforms, and you can see through them. Yeah, the pants are see through. And- well, why can you see through them? Why, well, because how the- do you make that mistake? Like, there's really nothing I care less about in life than uniforms, athletes' uniforms. But yeah. people are freaking out. Like, the font is too small on the back. The pants are see through. Yeah, people do not like these. Oh uniforms. my gosh, people they do not are like the uniforms. Fit to be tied. Fit to be tied is right. <laughs> yep, I don't understand that. The Mariners are 0-2. Good. That's good. Off to a great start. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, by the way, welcome back, Mitch Hanniger. Did you see what happened on Sunday? No, tell me. He didn't play on the Saturday's game where they lost. And then he he bats, I guess, in the first inning of the Sunday game. That's his first at-bat back Okay. after his year in San Francisco. They introduce him at the Peoria, Arizona a site, mm-hmm. home home field of the Mariners. Standing ovation he gets. Wow. And clobbers a home run. Really? First at bat of the spring. First at bat wow. back for the Mariners. He hits a home run after a standing ovation from the crowd. Tweaked his calf on the way to first out and six weeks. And it'll be the last home run he hits <laughs> yeah, home run. That's right. God. Congratulations, I think, are in order for the 21st ranked Washington State Cougar basketball team. Saw that. I wish I would have seen that game. I just saw it on Twitter. Thursday night, they go to Tucson and face the Arizona Wildcats, number four in the country. They never lose at home. Upset them on their home court. Amazing. And then two days later, lose to Arizona State. <laughs> That's how that goes. <laughs> you use every ounce lose of energy. Lose to a lousy Arizona yeah. State team. Yeah. But anyway, the Washington State Cougars are now 21 and 7 yeah. and 12 and 5 in the conference. And ranked in the top 25 in the country and probably looking at a, if they finish strong, they've got three home games and then the Pac-12 tournament, finish strong and you're probably looking at a really nice seed somewhere in the, I don't know, five, six, seven range. Okay, all right. Where you're maybe even favored to win the first game of the NCAA tournament. Wow. Could make a little run. Something to root for. Do you, remember, do you remember the name um, Matt Barnes? Mm. Former NBA champion Matt Barnes. Yeah, sounds Long time veteran in the NBA. Well, he will no longer, Hotshot, be on NBC Sports in California working for the Sacramento Kings television broadcast after he confronted a broadcaster during a high school boys basketball game. They have broadcasters at high school boys basketball games? A high school broadcaster the kids in high school who he confronted oh okay barnes made headlines earlier this month when he was seen confronting a harvard westlake student broadcaster jake lancer during a high school basketball game at encino crespi the team his 15 year old twin sons carter and (laughs) isaiah barnes play for this is his description of what happened matt barnes i was yelling at the refs I've yelled at the refs my entire college career, my 15-year NBA career. I coach AAU in the summertime. I have high school boys. I have a five-year-old coming down the pipeline, too. <laughs> I'm going to be doing a lot of yelling at refs for a lot of years to come. Yeah. And then he claims that the high school broadcaster told him to shut up, mm. at which time he put his hand on the shoulder and went face-to-face with like a junior in high school who was broadcasting yeah. the game. By the way, the high schooler says, I never said shut up or anything like that. Why would I say shut up to a man like that? Right. Matt Barnes says, yes, you did. You <laughs> said shut up. He says, Matt Barnes, this particular incident, I will say my one mistake was putting my hand on his shoulder. 
A lot of people want to say I grabbed the kid or I did this or that. I literally put my hand on the kid's shoulder because it was almost like I was talking to my son. So he and I had a little back and forth. And obviously for touching him, I was wrong. But I just didn't like the disrespect that came with the entitlement where they felt like they could say anything to me. That's entitlement? Isn't it entitlement because he's, to think no he's one can say that He's claiming the you? guy said that the kid said shut up. Right. But even if he did say shut up, it's a kid. <laughs> Sticks and stones, right? That's, right. A, that's what Judge that's Judy right. would say to him. Yeah. Sticks and stones. So You're Ma- an adult. So Matt Barnes is out. For that He's been incident. canceled. Wow. He's been canceled. He's been canceled. Now let me tell you who's in. Okay. Matt Areza. Remember the name? Yes. Punter? Yes. Signed by the Chiefs this week. The wow. world champions have signed Matt Areza and giving him a second chance. You remember who Matt Areza yeah, is? Yeah, he was involved with the allegations. of. There was yeah. an allegation of a gang rape at San Diego State that apparently he was accused of being a part of. But then when they criminally investigated, criminal charges were dropped. And then a civil lawsuit by the girl was dropped. And he's been signed by the Chiefs. This is his agent. We are grateful to General Manager Brett Veach, Coach Andy Reid, and the Chiefs organization for giving Matt this opportunity. Matt has been to hell and back in the last 18 months. He's handled himself with grace and humility. And this is truly inspiring. Are you happy for Matt Areza? getting another chance to punt in the NFL. Absolutely. He was exonerated, then that's, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Go make a living, young man. Yeah, I'm happy for him. Okay. Wasn't this first punt like, didn't it hit the Goodyear blimp and <laughs> yes. kill everybody on board? Yes. And it yeah. was 212 yards. <laughs> that's right. And my, by the next lo- year, it'll be The longest recorded punt <laughs> in NFL history. It bounced so far, it bounced back 100 yards. We don't do athlete of the week like we used to, mm-hmm. but if we did, can I tell you who would be the athlete of the week on Mitch Unfilter? Okay. A girl named Kiana Christmas, okay, a high school, I think senior basketball player at Fonda Fultonville High School in New York. They beat Notre Dame Bishop Gibbons 55 to 50. So close game. Yeah. Not a blowout. Sure. Can I give you her stats? Please. In a 55 to 50 game. <laughs> okay. Christmas had 11 points. Okay. 20 rebounds. Okay. 11 assists. <laughs> 10 steals. <laughs> And 10 blocks. Oh, my God. It is a quintuple double, like the burger that you ate at the In-N-Out Burger. (laughs) Exactly right. A quintuple burger. It's only happened one time in NBA history. Stump the band. Uh NBA history. NBA trivia. Who is the only person to ever record a quintuple double like Kiana Christmas of Fonda Fultonville High School in New York? Only one guy is ever. Do you know the year? Can you like? Yeah, if I told you the year, would it give it? It might give it away. Really? Yeah, might. Olajuwon. 1968. Oh, it's not going to give it away. No, (laughs) no. Should. Oh, really? Yeah. George Gervin or no? Come on, uh, Maravich. Come on. Quintuple double. What do you need in quintuple double? Points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals. Oh, my God. But How about a guy named Wilt Chamberlain? Oh, yeah. I guess he could just guess him for everything, right? Any basketball record. Yeah, I could have got that. Steals, though. I don't think of Wilt. But it's not just a quintuple double if you want to look at it a certain way. On March 18th, 1968, Hotshot, I'll have you know, 53 points on that date okay. for Wilt against the L.A. Lakers. Okay. 53 points for Wilt on that day, 32 rebounds, 14 assists. Wait, how many rebounds? 53 points, 32 Holy rebounds, shit. 14 assists, 24 blocks, <laughs> God, 11 steals, and 27 women. 
God. Uh, 32 rebounds? In a 158-128 win in the NBA. 53, 32, 14, 24 blocks and 11 steals. If, so I, had, if I played in a middle school game tomorrow, I wouldn't have 24. If you played in a middle school <laughs> season, you wouldn't have these. 24 blocks. Holy crap. By the way, the first ever woman to do it in high school basketball actually became a WNBA star. Do you remember the name Tamika Catchings? Yeah. She was the first mm. high school woman girl to do it. Congratulations to Kiana Christmas. Amazing. Who had a And I'm going to try to get her on. Nice. I'm going to try to get her on the show. I have something that you might want to leave the room for. I, I, now? I, I know there's a mandate on this stuff, but our okay. listeners deserve to know no. what went down over the weekend. Do you know what went down? What are we talking? They rose up by the dozens from across Florida, uh, caricatured competitors in tank tops and cutoff shorts for a showdown that treats evading police and wrestling over beer like Olympic sports. Oh, Jesus. Promoted as the most insane athletic showdown on earth, the Florida Man Games... Poke fun at the state's reputation. You're not for allowed to talk stories. about this. That's why I told you to leave. You're not allowed to talk about this. They kicked off Saturday with the Star Spangled Banner played on electric guitar. Oh, okay. Spectators sipping canned beers behind metal barricades oh, cheered and frequently shouted expletives as a dozen teams battled in contests inspired by real events from your home state. Do you want to know what some of, what some of the events were? I suppose. James Gordon of, of DeLand, I guess it's called. Yeah, DeLand, Florida. Sure. Yeah, sure, yeah. He won, there. he won the first event, wolfing down a plate loaded with barbecue pork and sausage a fraction of a second before his nearest competitor. Jesus. He chugged a beer to celebrate. One event had contenders dueling in muddy waters in an inflatable pool, pummeling each other with weapons oh, made from pool noodles and duct tape. Another was a oh, theft God. simulation relay in which competitors raced while toting a pair of bicycles, copper oh. pipes, and catalytic converters. Oh, I was in that when I was a kid. I was in that competition. <laughs> oh, God, I think I, I held the record for a while in that competition. Holy shit. They also had a sumo-style event while holding pitchers of beer. They actually had an event where you run from actual sheriff's deputies while jumping fences and avoiding obstacles. The organizers said there's typically drugs and nudity, but the city frowned on it when I asked for drugs and nudity. So there you go. The Florida Man Olympics have arrived. Yes, you're all very welcome for me telling you that. You are very brave to bring that in here. You, <laughs> you know that be works. Proud. That works at the house down the street with the podcast. Yeah, nah. that don't work. That Not, story don't work in this house. Duke basketball's Kyle Filipowski got injured yeah. on the court. You saw yeah. that? Not court, during the game. A court storming incident, right? Yeah. Yeah. Overzealous yeah. fans storming the team. Yeah. Is that going to put an end to it? Like, are are we done or? I mean, he went. It was pretty bad. ESPN had an over-the-top view. Yeah, you could tell where his knee gets tweaked, and I mean, this could affect his life. And I mean, I think I saw he was top, maybe a top ten. Oh, he is. He's a top. I mean, I don't think he's seriously injured, is he? I don't think. I don't so. think he's seriously injured. But, but man, yeah. it, it could have been ugly. Yeah, I guess we can do away with court storming. I kind of like it though. Is the thing? It's like, a good-looking thing. It is. It looks kind of cool. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be no, involved no, no. in one. Not at my tender no. age, no. Those and somehow they got to get the players off the floor. You had Caitlin Clark, remember, oh, yeah. running into somebody. And she took a charge, right? According to some. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Madonna brought out a special guest for her concert north of the border, playing to the crowd with a fan favorite and national treasure from British Columbia. None other than... Pamela Anderson. Oh, I thought you might say Shania Twain or something. <laughs> Pamela yeah. Anderson yeah. came out with Madonna really? performing really? in front of a sold-out Now, Madonna crowd. played here. I don't know where she played here. Probably one of the it's, stadiums. She it, fell. She yeah. made headlines because she fell in Seattle. It was a climate pledge. 
Is that where it where was? Where she played, yes. Yeah. I think she fell out of a chair or something. Yeah, something, I yeah. know. She's and not- she kept on going, right? She didn't miss a beat. With Pam Anderson and Madonna on stage, man, if yeah. it was 1992, I might have exploded, right? The two <laughs> icons. A little too much information. They, Thank you. <laughs> they hugged and kissed on the cheek before sitting down together for Madonna's hit song, yes. Vogue. Yeah. Your buddy Elton John is just auctioning off stuff left and right. Does he have money problems? No, can't. No. He just auctioned off stuff. Impossible. Totaling $8 million. Impossible, I say. Among the items sold, Elton's silver leather platform boots circa 1971 sold for 94000 to Mitch Levy. <laughs> Prescription sunglasses <laughs> for 22000 And his 1990 Bentley Continental, yeah. Yeah. 441000 Somebody. Did I tell you that I once that. ran into him at a Los Angeles restaurant? Not really run into him. You saw him. There was no physical contact between Elton John and Mitch Levy. But I did walk into a restaurant in Hollywood, California, not too long ago, a couple of, two, three years ago. And he was sitting at a corner booth with uh, Ozzy Osbourne's wife. Sharon? The two of them. Just those two. Just a, that I saw. Huh. Yeah. Two of them just hanging out at the restaurant. I mean, d- so in public, does he have like on funky glasses or does he down kind of? It was like half and half. Half and, okay. Yeah. He didn't have the fake mustache on. <laughs> right. <laughs> He didn't have the, the, the glasses with the big schnoz. Yeah, on. yeah, no, yeah. No, he didn't have that. The Groucho Marx look. No, Correct. No, you could tell. Okay. One look over there, one gaze over there, you knew exactly who it was. Interesting. But yeah. you go talk to him or just, no, 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 no. I'm yeah. too, too scared to do that. This is a cool story. Shaquem uh, Griffin. Familiar with him? Oh, yeah. So he says there's interest in a biopic about his life. And the interest is like exploding. People are really into the story. Yeah. So much so that Michael B. Jordan has shown interest in acquiring oh, it. Okay. Apollo Creed's fictitious son. Yes. You know who that is, Michael B. Jordan. I know who Michael B. Jordan His is. His agent yes. has been in talks with Jordan's outlier society production companies. Confident even more are going to come forward as the script gets closer and closer to being done. That would be pretty cool. It's a pretty amazing story that he loses a hand at four and makes it to the NFL. I'm with you. That's unbelievable. T- it should be on the big screen. I agree. Yeah, yeah that would be pretty cool. Now, you know, speaking of Michael B. Jordan, I'll give you Michael B. Jordan trivia. You should know the answer to oh, this. Okay, setting me up. Should know, yes. Who was at one point looking like a, a strong contender to be his father-in-law? Not anymore because they've broken up. He's broken up with the long-term girlfriend. But he was once dating the daughter of a very famous personality. Really? And had they gotten married, the famous personality would have been Michael B. Jordan's father-in-law. Now, if you know Michael B. Jordan like I do, you know the answer to that question. <laughs> it's probably Stallone's daughter. He's got three Close. of them. Does Schwarzenegger have a daughter? No. Nope. Another 80s no, action no, hero? No, 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 no. It's not a okay. film star. I don't know. How about the host of Family Feud? What? I'm your man, Steve Harvey. Really? Yes. Steve Harvey was this close to becoming <laughs> Michael B. Because Steve Harvey has a daughter yeah. who's like a model. Okay. She's gorgeous. Yeah. And she was dating. Thanks to the mom, yeah. When you said the host of I'm like, Richard Dawson doesn't have a daughter that young. What the Welcome hell is he talking about? Welcome to Family about? Feud. I'm your man, Steve Harvey. I don't know how he keeps working. He just keeps getting gigs. Oh, and my God. He's a billionaire. Oh, radio yeah. shows. Yeah. And everyone seems oh, to yeah. love him. Yeah. Doesn't do much for me. Yeah, but. I love him. By the way, quick plug for something, and I hate yeah. to plug other yeah. shows. Can then we get to the RIPs? Yes. Okay. Shannon Sharp has a podcast. It's not a yeah. surprise. Yeah. The one with Cat Williams. Have you heard anything no, about that? No, I, I saw the one with... With uh, Johnny Manziel. Yeah, about his Coke diet in yeah, Vegas. Yeah, he lost yeah. 40 pounds. Yeah. How'd you lose it? Pure blow. <laughs> I mean, A steady honest. diet of pure blow. Strahan, not Strahan, but uh, Shannon Sharp just gets people to say fucking anything. Anything, anything yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But the one with Cat Williams is fascinating. Is it? 
I mean, it's fascinating. I hate to, it's got like 80 million views on YouTube. I right, hate to plug right, it, but right. holy shit, is that good. But he let Steve Harvey have it, which is why I remembered. I, I'm sure you're going to tell me you haven't seen it yet, but I have to at some point get your evaluation of the monologue of Saturday Night Live last night. Loved it. Okay, so you loved it. Yeah. People are killing that guy. I know. He didn't tone it down at all. Oh, I don't even know who that guy is. That's the problem. So he got hired for the show in like 2018. I know that he got fired because something happened. Uh, there was a, he was on a podcast. He was making fun of, I think, Asians. Yes. And he was doing like a like a stereotypical offensive Asian accent or right, doing right. something that offended the Asian community. And before he was even in a sketch, he got blown out. So he right. gets like his dream job. What's and then the guy's name? Shane Gillis. Shane Gillis. Say. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw the monologue. I thought it was last ballsy. Night. I really did. Oh my god! I thought it was ballsy. Now I know going in on you know Down syndrome, some real sensitive subjects. Man, he had people in the in the audience cringing. Yeah, my wife sat there and did not laugh once. Okay, and, and you I thought it was her. great. I thought it was pretty ballsy what he did. Now again, you're you're talking about Down syndrome. Is it funny to laugh at people? Of course not. No one no. thinks it's funny. No. He, but he did say that he's got plenty of family members that do have Down. So. Does that make be- it okay? Do we believe that? Yeah. Was that part of the shtick? Yeah, I don't know. But I, I just... My I, God. I thought it was pretty courageous. I've seen some articles today just killing me. I'm sure, yeah. yeah. I kind of liked what he said about, yeah, I was uh, got hired for the show, and then I got let go, but don't Google that. Don't, don't look that up. <laughs> At one point where it wasn't going so swell, and he's talking about the gay community, and he's talking about downstream, he, he breaks out of it and says something like, look... I don't have a lot of material for TV. That's right. Yeah. I'm doing my best here. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think he works blue and yeah. 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 yeah it was, uh, it's, it's <laughs> worth watching. I'm, everyone will have a different opinion, but yeah. to me, I, I thought it was pretty good. I've got courageous. one RIP. Okay. Do you remember the name Golden Richards? Golden Richards. Are you old enough to remember the name Golden Richards? You should. Gold Richards. Well, no, you may be before. Gold you or Golden? Golden. Uh-uh. He was the wide receiver, the long, blonde-haired wide receiver of the Dallas Cowboys opposite. Remember Drew Pearson, 88? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Golden Richards was on that Super Bowl team. A okay. couple Super Bowl teams. 78, he won the Super Bowl. He actually made a famous catch in the 1978 Super Bowl on a gadget play. Mm. Newhouse tossed the ball, a, a, a running back pass, okay. and Golden Richards caught it for a touchdown. Golden Richards, if you remember... If you remember football, NFL football in the 70s, I, that's when I started watching. Yeah. You remember Golden Richards, the former BYU star, spent seven seasons in the NFL with Dallas, Chicago, and Denver, but best known for his five-plus seasons as a deep play threat for the Dallas Cowboys. He was 73 years old. Congestive heart failure. Yeah, pretty common one when that's you get mine. older. That's mine. What about former Houston Rockets guard Robert Reed? Oh, yeah, I saw that he passed away. Do you remember away. him? Of course. Let's before my time. Oh, no, you should. Remember when the Houston Rockets played the Boston Celtics, Larry Bird's Boston Celtics in the NBA Finals? That would have been about, I'm not good with years, but. I am. Oh, so you know what year. Well, if you tell me like who was on the team and stuff. I mean, well, that was the, the 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 great Boston team. Yeah, 85, 86. Might have been there. Sampson. Ralph Sampson might have been on Houston. Okay. Robert Reed, they lost pretty easy. Boston took them yeah. out. It was like 19... Probably 84, 80, Well, Olajuwon came in in 84. Then they got Samson, I think, in 85. It was probably 85. No, Samson came before Olajuwon. Are you sure yes, about that? Yes, yes. Samson oh, okay. was before Olajuwon. It was like 83, yeah. maybe. Anyway, anyway, that was the year the Lakers lost to the Rockets in the finals. That's right. On a Samson Con- shot that like bounced around. Oh, and- yeah, I remember that shot. Is yes. that the same year? I think it's probably the okay. same year. So that's the Western Conference final. Yes. Robert Reed was that forward, combo forward. He could go out and shoot a little bit. Yeah, he's like a guard forward, yes, they yes, say. Yes, yeah. 6'8". Yeah. 
Uh, second round draft pick in 77, average 11 points, four yeah, rebounds, and yeah, two assists. I mean, yeah. had a 13 year career. Yeah, I remember he Rob was uh, teammates yeah. with Moses Malone, he, yeah. and he scored over 10,000 so points. So maybe Moses Malone. Everyone thought it was going to be Lakers, Celtics again, but the Lakers got beat by the right. Rockets with that right. crazy right. shot with two seconds left where right. Samson like, had his body right. contorted. And just, That's right. I remember, the pl- I remember that play. I remember that play. He caught the ball in the air yep. and kind of twisted. Twisted in the yeah, I And it that bounced play. around and yeah. went in, and yeah. like were, those guys were like, looking up, like, what the Ralph hell? Samson. Anyway, Robert. I remember the Sports Illustrated with Ralph Sampson on the cover. 7'4 and still growing. Yeah. Something like that. Seven feet and still growing. Yeah. One more RIP. You okay. won't know the name, but our listeners will totally know who this is. Tony Ganeos, I think it's pronounced. No. Famous from Porky's. No. You ever see Porky's? Oh, yeah. Did I ever see Porky's? And a ton of other cult classic films. His fiance says Tony was on his way to dialysis treatment in the morning when he went into cardiac yeah. arrest and yeah. was experienced organ failure, too. He was known as... Meat. Yes, I remember Meat. Meat Tuparello. I remember Meat. Pretty funny character. Again, we're going to set in the difference between your age and my age. Okay. Porky's came out in what year? 81. Would you say? So you were how old in 81? Seven. Okay. But I heard all about it from the older kids. Okay, but yeah. here, here's the difference between you and me. I was 14 in 81. Yeah. The movie that you tried to sneak into. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. I'm 14 years old. Oh, yeah. Every kid oh. wanted to see Porky's. Right. But you could only get in without a parent. If you were 18. And you ain't sitting by Robert during that one, are you? (laughs) Tugging on wieners through the wall. He ain't sitting by Robert on that one. No No way. Every kid (laughs) wanted to see Porky's. And this was at the time, it coincided with about the time that movie theaters were going Multiplex. Yeah, like yes. eight and tens That's and twelves right. where you had a shot. You had a shot. When it was two theaters, you had no shot. Unless they, you're they, standing there. They just watch you. That's you, right. you can't go in there. <laughs> they right? just watch but you. But now the, we had like the Village Green Theater in West Palm Beach was like eight theaters. We never oh, heard anything like that. So, so me and my friends <laughs> get dropped off to go see some. We'll go to Condor Man at four at 4.30. And when that piece of shit ends, we'll no. hit Porky's at 6.30. No. no, we go to Condor Man at 4.30. <laughs> But never go into Condor Man at 4.30. We go into Porky's. That's the movie when I was 14 that every kid tried to slide into. And then the following year in 82, Fast Times at Ridgemont High comes out. Oh, yeah. And that's probably another one. She comes out of the pool and we're all, all of us guys are changed forever. Made us all a man. Phoebe Cates. When Phoebe Cates comes out of the oh, pool God. and Judge Reinholtz in the bathroom. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't anybody fucking knock anymore? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Headlines. A family uses their recycled poop to cook food in their tiny off-the-grid shed. Whoa, whoa, not so fast. We've been doing that for years, said Arby's. A driver <laughs> captured a wild video showing a horse Running along busy Interstate 95 oh, in God. Philadelphia just yeah. ahead of rush hour. Yeah. This horse is flying down the freeway. See, even the animals want to get the hell out of Philly. A 73-year-old Australian man needed urgent urethra surgery after oh, ouch. jamming three button-style oh. batteries into his penis. No. I never you thought I'd say these words, but wouldn't it have been easier just to shove them up your ass? And finally, God, I mean, if, if you're weighing the two, Vegas. if you're weighing the two, you're watching too much Shane I mean, Gillis, Lord, the urethra or the butt, take your pick. Oh, and God. finally, a 19 year old moved back into her childhood cabin in Homer, Alaska last year, 19 sure years old, did, yeah. even though it has no running water or automatic heat. Yeah, big deal. Knowing that generation, that's how she would have ended up anyway. See, I cleaned it up at the end after butt talk and urethra talk. What's the name of the famous actress who was in a regular in Sex in the City 
played Kim, Amanda. Kim Cattrall? Kim Cattrall. Yeah. Cattrall, Cattrall, yeah. Cattrall, whatever, Cattrall. She was in the original Porky's. Oh, she was the howler. Who are you talking to over here? I mean, <laughs> come on. Save that shit for someone else. You got to step to me when I got They'd some kind of trivia. They'd be in the gym practicing basketball and all of a sudden here. <laughs> that scene where they're dying laughing is just so... F- oh, my God. I, as much as I love that movie, <laughs> it took a weird kind of serious anti-Semitic twist. You remember? There was a oh, new no. kid who was Jewish. No, I don't remember that. And then the one guy was like mean uh, to him because his dad used to beat him. They became uh, friends at the end. But it was like this hilarious raunchy. And then there was that weird part in the middle where there's like a new kid that gets picked on. But I, I got to watch nothing, that again. Nothing better than sophomore humor like oh. somebody calling a drive-in restaurant and asking him to page Mike Hawk. Yes, or Mike Hunt. Or Mike Hunt or whatever yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah, the best. Yeah, yeah. And then the waitress is like, Mike Hawk! It's my cock here. My cock here. <laughs> Laugh they funny I mean, every time. 14 years old. There's oh. nothing funny. I mean, literally, you're never going to hear anything funnier the rest of your life. <laughs> you're, the rest of your life is over when you see that gag, that old gag. When VHS came out and you could have VCRs at home, oh, I, yeah. I, my whole goal in life was to get Porky's, Porky's and Fast Times. I, I heard so much about it from older kids. I had to see. Oh, 14, maybe. And boy, I was not disappointed. <laughs> They were awesome. (laughs) Episode 277, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. That's all we've got for you. It's in the books.